0: my daughter Lucy like finds herself often or I find her often looking at like a star Wars book. Like it's, it's this numbers book that I bought at this comic book store last year. And it's like one through like a hundred, but it uses characters from all the star Wars movies. And it's really cool. (laughs) She's like always looking at it. I'm
1: like, all right. I'm just, I'm I'm imagining like, like Luke has two hands. (laughs) (laughs) Two minus one. (laughs) <laughs>
0: I- Luke has funny <laughs> hand <laughs> Oh, that's, that's good. good Movies, TV, Blu-rays If somehow you're consuming it On the screen with your
1: eyes Then you'll hear it on Scene and Nerd Here are the hosts of Scene and Nerd Casey, Pete and Matt With a little help from Casey Franco
0: welcome to scene a nerd uh, I'm your host Pacey P C P, Pete and alongside always is mr. Kate Franco
1: boom it's the best podcast on the planet uh, A little asterisk next to that award uh, we we gave ourselves that award but uh, totally did still cool it's still cool I mean it's still it's still a nice award to frame and hang on a wall
0: uh, anyway <laughs> it's it easy
1: you. when you can print it off your computer right right
0: <laughs> um and uh joining us today uh like she always does and is always awesome on here miss amy marie Hey, uh. and we're gonna be doing a lot of talk a lot of tv talk like, like we always do uh we're we're excited because there was some awesome news dropped yesterday kind of uh one with uh one piece of news that we we kind of already knew about another piece of news we were anxiously looking forward to so we'll be talking about that shortly um, Matt's not here with us today, uh, so no redactions. But we will kick things off with the new movies in theaters. Uh, first up, Hot Pursuit. Uh, that's sitting uh, at six percent on the Tomato Meter. So uh, uh, Hot Pursuit.
1: What's that? that? That's that one with the uh, Sophia Verga
2: and uh, Renee's. No.
1: Reese Witherspoon. Legally Bond. Right. Bond. Yeah. Legally Bond. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I want that show now. Legal, like, legally Blonde, Legally
1: meets
2: MI6. I like that. <laughs> legally Blonde, three. Legally Bond, MI6 recruits Reese Witherspoon's character. She goes undercover, oh. and I'm sure there was there's there's much hair talk or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sure there will be. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, like I said. That's it. At six percent. So uh, hot on the pursuit of the Paul Blart Zero. Um, nice the the d train that's at 46 percent.
1: that's the new uh, jack black movie isn't it
0: that is that is a new jack black movie i ah. just
1: i just saw the uh the re- the uh trailer for that this morning and uh i i thought it looked good i mean audiences seem like they're liking it but critics critics are not yeah it's uh i'm not sure what what did you get from the trailer like what is it about so it's about uh, Jack Black, who I th- who appears to like work at a library or something like that. And he, he was like a loser in high school. He still has a bunch of loser friends. And um, he's watching TV one night with his wife, and he sees that one of his old high school classmates is now a famous actor. At the same time, he's been trying to get people to RSVP for a high school reunion, and no one is. And so he goes on this trip to try and get this actor who he used to go to school with to come to the reunion so that all of his other classmates. But like soon soon his whole project just starts revolving around getting this one guy to the reunion. And he, he says, that's not what it's about. and uh, He gets all Jack Black with it. He does some jump kicks. He says Rigagoo a a couple of times. It's great. Nice. I, I, I kind of want to see it. It's called the the D train, right? Yes, the D train. What's up with Jack Black always having the D something? I don't know. Tenacious D. D Typecast. Typecast. I mean, if you're gonna get typecast, getting typecast for your D is probably uh, probably not that bad. Anyway, (laughs) what else?
0: (laughs) So that's what's out in movie theaters uh, this week. So if you're not. If you're not interested, go watch Ultron. Oh, and by the way, we're doing a separate podcast for the Age of Ultron uh, review. We're gonna like go crazy, um, crazy into spoilers. And so yeah, like I said last week, you had a week, and right now the the lid's coming off in that episode. So, so I to think speak.
2: Uh, the movie Far from the Man Crowd. It's like a period drama. Did that come out last week? I think it came out last week. It has Carrie Mulligan in it. I oh,
0: um, I know you're talking about. But I can't think of the name of the title. I'm not sure if, if it you're came out.
2: if you're like a Pride and Prejudice romancy kind of person, you should totally go see it because it's based off a book by Thomas Hardy, and the book is infinitely darker than the trailer presents it. They think you know you see it and you're like, oh, it's a Pride and Prejudicey trio love triangle. It actually ends up being the woman and three suitors, so it's like a love square. Um, but it's, it's actually a really dark novel. Um, none of them, none of these suitors are entirely good guys. So it's, it's a, it's a, it looks like it's going to be a good film. Um, I'm really excited to go see it. So if you're if you're a girly girl or just a fan of really good drama or period movies, you should check it out. It's, or read the book. The book's amazing.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Um, all right. So that's what's out in theaters. Uh, new Blu-rays this week. Uh, Selma, Mr. Turner, and Black or White. So that's what's out on DVD, Blu-ray. Go and check those out. We are now gonna get on to Casey's rundown.
1: Uh-oh! You know what time it is? It's time for the entertainment. Uh. Uh. Wait. Hold. Entertainment. Whatever. Yay. Sound effects. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, probably could have. Probably could have mapped out that chord progression a little bit better. yeah uh, no, don't worry about it. Okay. So first up. Uh, Stephen Colbert, uh, the famous political satirist, uh, has funded $800,000 in grants for South Carolina public school teachers. Uh, the government of South Carolina had not been granting a lot of the teachers, uh, well, grants. And uh, Stephen Colbert stepped in and picked up the slack, further, uh, further noting how Stephen Colbert is just an awesome human being and I can't wait for him to take over the late show.
0: Yeah, same here. That's gonna be awesome.
1: Let's see. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched the Manny Pacquiao uh, Mayweather fight, but I did. yeah, uh, I'm one hundred
2: percent not interested in watching and paying <laughs> to watch men beat up each other. It's literally, <laughs> but, but, it's perfect. like I'm sorry. Are we still in the Roman era? This is what we did. This was gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what saw, it is? I mean, you saw Avengers, though. That's well, yeah, but that's comic bunch. book. That's that. See, that's completely different. Watching, like, I watched Arrow. Initially, I watched it because I loved the fight sequences. But that's different because I know it's stunt team members who only occasionally accidentally punch each other. These are True. two guys who literally get paid to knock out each other's teeth or nose or what I don't even know. See, that's <laughs> that's the level of disinterest <laughs> I have in watching men beat up each other.
1: Well, if it's stunt teams you want, you might be interested in the WWE. But that is a different conversation <laughs> for a different day. Uh, uh, anyway, Manny Pacquiao's uh, promotion team is being sued uh, for, I don't know, several million. I'm not sure on the actual numbers. I, I read the article the other day. Uh, but basically, they they lied about Pacquiao's uh, bad shoulders so that it wouldn't affect – it Ooh. wouldn't affect the odds or, or ticket costs or anything like that. Wow. And uh, yeah, so they're in they're in a – a lot of, a lot of deep, deep shit for that. Um, next up, um, I don't know if you guys are big on Vine. Uh, I was for like a minute in 2013. Uh, <laughs> Me too. I think we everyone all, was all were had a. We all were for like five seconds. <laughs> um, but uh, there's a very famous video on Vine called Ryan Gosling won't eat his cereal, and it was done by a man. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it. I don't know if that laugh means that you've seen it, but it's basically
2: Now I'm going to go see it.
1: It's a shot. (laughs) It's a, it's a, you can YouTube it. Uh, It's just a bunch. It's exactly that. It's a bunch of videos of a spoon being held up to Ryan Gosling and then him turning away in disgust. Um, They were all done by a a, a video editor named uh, Ryan McHenry who lost a battle with cancer recently. It's very sad. Um, Those videos are very funny. That's what he's best known for. Um, but in tribute to that, Ryan Gosling actually sat down and, uh, and ate some cereal. So we no. did it, guys. We finally got Ryan, Ryan to, to eat his cereal. Well done. <laughs> well done, everyone. Uh, Hugh Jackman has recently confirmed that the, the next Wolverine 3 movie will be uh, his last time as the character. So I yeah. wanted to ask you guys, uh, who would you like to see uh, come back as Wolverine, uh, as Hugh Jackman's replacement? Now that Wolverine has officially been, quote unquote, killed off in the comics, uh, how are they going to revive him in the movies, since superheroes have problems fucking staying dead? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Amy, why don't you uh, start this one
1: off?
2: So, is the question, who would I want to replace him if they replace him? Yeah. Oh. um, Christian Bale would be interesting. Hmm, I don't think it'll work, but it would be interesting. Um...
1: It would be interesting to replace him with an older actor. Is
0: You know
2: what?
1: I feel
0: like
2: I uh I would be game for Viggo Mortensen, who played Aragorn.
0: Ooh. Ah. Wouldn't that be interesting?
2: Cuz he kind of has the look, but I feel like and I've seen him in a lot of stuff where he's been pretty gritty. Um I feel like he could pull off the action but also probably bring no offense, I love Hugh Jackman. Probably bring him a, a little bit less dramatic up depth. I feel like Hugh Jackman when it comes to Wolverine, it's kind of and that might just be the way it's written. It's kind of over-dramatized drama. I would, I would kind of like a more subtle drama. Just a little bit more... I don't even know how to describe it. Just a little bit more subtle of pain because Wolverine basically is always in pain. But I've always been impressed with, with Hugh Jackman's. So I don't know. But Viggo yeah. Mortensen would be kind of cool.
1: Yeah, he's one of those uh, interesting Benjamin Button actors where he just gets more attractive <laughs> as he ages. It's, it's super strange. I don't understand it. It's the Dick uh, Clark syndrome. It is, or the George Clooney syndrome, yeah or um,
2: the uh, freaking Harrison Ford syndrome, I mean, did you guys <laughs> see those photos that came out? Yeah, if you didn't have a mini man crush going on and you you' you're you're denying a part of you which really should be expressed because those are great photos. I don't care what your sexual preference is, Harrison Ford looks brilliant,
1: yep, true, um. Next up, Martin Freeman has joined Marvel's Captain America Civil War. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do yet, but my guess is that he'll probably be just kind of like a reporter or some kind of side character. I don't know. I don't know if they'll give him superpowers or not. Maybe they'll give him uh, the power of super sidekickism.
2: Superstash.
1: Superstash. Get a super
2: mustache. <laughs> there it is.
1: Uh, Fox canceled the Mindy Project. Pete, I know that you like the Mindy Project.
0: Yeah, that was kind of a bummer to hear about, because I, I really like, um, I really like Mindy Like She's, she's really funny, and I remember when this came out just a few years ago, and it premiered, uh, like, right, right after New Girl, and I thought it was, like, a good, like, a good, um, a good block of, of comedy on Fox. I was like, oh, they're doing, they're doing something right here, and it was a very smart show, very well written. Um, it's, it's a bummer that, that it got canceled. But uh, I did hear that Hulu might be picking it up. So oh, they cool. really want to get to that 100 episode mark, which uh, would help get them to syndication. So
1: so we'll see. Yep, maybe if they'll you, go the way of community.
2: If you kind of need another drama to fill, or not drama, a good comedy to, to fill the gap, check out Fresh Off the Boat. It was,
0: oh, I have. It was that is you, a
2: funny show.: It is funny, especially if you you're not like, you know, if you, if you grew up in the 90s, it's, it hit some really fantastic marks.: <laughs>
1: It is a good one. <laughs> uh, Amy, got one for you. Uh, Agent Carter has been saved. ABC has ordered a second season, so mm-hmm. this is the time to go crazy. Go ahead.
2: I actually, it's it's. I was at work and Lauren texted me and she's, she's like, uh, blah 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 blah, all the random stuff. Oh, by the way, Agent Carter got renewed, and I was like, you. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's it's funny because I I think I've mentioned it before. It didn't make any sense to me how Agent Carter would not get renewed. So I was completely mm-hmm. expecting a renewal. I would have been astounded if they had canceled it because they they would have been committing network suicide. It would make it would have made zero sense not to renew it um, the only way that I would have seen that working out is if they had canceled it but saying that Netflix is picking it up for whatever reason um, but uh, it, it wouldn't have made any sense to cancel to cancel it so I was super stoked um, but I was totally expecting it I'm just really happy that all the cast and crew who um, many of whom I'm I, you know a <laughs> little child. <laughs> uh, you know, the casting crew, many of whom uh, Lauren and I have gotten to know as well as you guys um, over the course of of Agent Carter airing now have another full year of employment, uh, which is you know a big deal <laughs> in the entertainment industry, because a lot yeah. of you know, there's a lot of shows right now, people who work on Revenge or Forever or Resurrection that were canceled yesterday that are suddenly out of work. And so yep. that's that's the terrifying part of the entertainment industry. So I'm really glad that, that the super cool crew of Agent Carter get to continue working. Yep.
1: And this is definitely the time of year where people are just kind of kept in waiting. You're not really mm-hmm. sure if your show is going to be. Yeah. Um, anyway, a bit of good news to end it on. For fans of Kin Jong, uh, for those of you who don't know who Kin Jong is, he was the naked man in uh, in The Hangover, um, <laughs> is getting his own comedy show, got oh, picked good. up by ABC called Dr. Kin. I don't know if you know this wow. or not, but Kin Jong is a doctor in real life who on the side uh, is also the naked man in the hangover. (laughs) (laughs) So so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, And with that, that's going to do it for the uh, entertainment. (laughs) Entertainment, whatever.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, thank you, Casey. And uh, yeah, just a heads up to our listeners. My daughter's with me today. So if you hear like a little screeching in the background, her trying to get my attention to... Fix the iPad so just oh good you know, I start. thought it
2: was a pterodactyl
0: <laughs> no but you know what she does make those noise sometimes I'm like, I those noises sometimes like I kind of freak out a little bit makes me wake up uh, sweating at night so yeah I was uh, saying
1: I was telling Pete earlier if she if she makes a lot of noise then she can just kind of like replace me on the show <laughs> To which I said there's there's no other uh, Joe McHale type
0: of, of personality. And that's well, I mean, easy for, I, mean
1: so. ex- I mean, except for Joe McHale. But <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, all right. So real quickly,
0: uh, I just want to really quickly in the comic book movie news, really want to go over the the Civil War press release. Uh, it came out uh, a couple days ago that um, – the entire list of who's going to be in this movie. And I have a feeling that it's not, they're not done yet. Uh, but if you didn't uh, hear about the press release, first of all, um, climb out under the rock you're in because uh, <laughs> Avengers is like huge right now. And things are only going to get even more awesome in the, the MCU. So here is the uh, press release uh, as released release from Marvel set for release in the United States on May 6, 2016, Captain America Civil War uh, is to be directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. Uh, you may remember them from uh, the Captain America Winter Soldier um, movie they directed. So I, I just want to quickly run a rundown the roster of who's going to be in the movie. So you got Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr., obviously as Captain America and Tony Stark, Iron Man. Uh, you have Scarlett Johansson coming back as Black Widow, Sebastian Stan, uh, Bucky Barnes, Slash Winter Soldier, Anthony Mackie coming back as Falcon, Paul Bettany, The Vision, Jeremy Renner, Hawkeye, Don Cheadle, War Machine, Elizabeth Olsen, Scarlet Witch, and after his debut in Marvel's Ant-Man on July 27, July 17, 2015, Paul Rudd will make his appearance alongside the Avengers as Ant-Man. The film will also include Chadwick Boseman who was announced as Black Panther, Emily Van Camp as Sharon Carter, uh, Daniel Bruhl, I can't say that right. Uh, I guess that's his name. Uh, Frank Grillo as Crossbones, William Hurt as General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. That's cool to see him coming back. And as Casey mentioned earlier, Martin Freeman will be in the movie. So, uh, like I was talking to Casey off air before, you know, before we started recording, I basically told him it's become like who isn't in this movie. Uh, And as if you heard that whole list, you notice uh, a few names that's stick out that weren't on the list, and that is Thor, Hulk, uh, Nick Fury, and Maria Hill. But like I said, this movie just started production, so there's a very good chance that one, if not all of them, will be uh, back for, for this movie. So what do you guys think?
1: Uh, no, I, I think there's a couple other names that I didn't hear, which uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Natalie Portman. And it seems to be, <laughs> it's just kind of the thing to not include them in the mo- yeah. movies now. I'm not complaining, not complaining. I'm well, not really a big Gwyneth I like that they at him. least
2: brought him up um, in the Avengers and they talked about them. But I, and I know we're going to get into this a little bit later, like Avengers cast um, or Ultron cast, which sounds kind of cool. Um, but it, it, I feel like it would have just been so easy just for a little brief interaction between Thor and Jane. I actually thought when Thor walked out of uh, Hawkeye's house, that he was actually going to go visit jane because you know he had like that weird dream thing and i was like he this now would be a perfect time for her him to go visit jane and just hug her they don't have to do anything they don't have to show anything they just have to show them like seeing each other and we'd be super excited and good but um i agree casey i'm a little bit frustrated that we're not seeing them in the films um yeah. i feel like they of, of the of all the cameos that they do it wouldn't be too terribly difficult to make just the briefest of cameos just to you know Show that they're still alive And not green or something <laughs> Sorry, right. I'm, I, my head's on the Muppets Which I believe also got picked up yesterday
0: Oh, what? I didn't. Okay, um, I didn't know about that Expand on that
2: uh, it, Let's see I'm pulling it up right now Oh, it's on a BBC UK site Okay So <laughs> uh, A new series of the Muppet show Has been commissioned by US TV network ABC Promising a quote-unquote more adult take on the much-loved characters. Um, is it's it? the producer Wait. of the Big Bang Theory, Bill Prady. He is um putting together the primetime show will be filmed in a contemporary documentary style and will explore the personal lives of the Muppets, relationships, and even disappointments. So apparently is they're be...
1: Is it gonna be like a noir style? <laughs> <laughs> Kerber the, love the that, like black. Yeah, Kermit the Frog's at his desk in, like, a sepia tone, like, "Mm," and that's when she walked in the door. (laughs) 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 I don't do a good (laughs) (laughs) Kermit
2: Yeah. Apparently, the pilot got a standing ovation at an ABC screening last month. Hmm. Wow, a standing ovation. That's that's a thing now. That's going to be cool. All
0: right. Okay, so, um, yeah, that's going to do it for uh, the comic book slash Muppet Talk for now. Um, we're going to move on to TV talk for this week. So uh, we're going to kick things off with uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, Casey, why don't you tell me what you thought
1: of this week's episode? Uh, damn, that's, uh, that's a pretty wide ranging question. I thought it was a good <laughs> <laughs> thought. It was a good episode, Pete. Um, thought it was a real solid episode. A lot, a lot of stuff happened. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, I mean, hopefully, my my co-hosts can kind of remind me. <laughs> what it is on the specifics um, of the things that have happened
2: yeah I feel like there was there was definitely there I I there was death I'm 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 assuming yeah. I'm uh there was probably uh <laughs> I mean, you know moderate amount of not nudity wrong. not a whole lot um, uh, certainly I, yeah, a bit above of
1: average above costuming.
2: Average. um there was certainly you know mm-hmm. clothes involved and maybe yep. horses and I think probably uh, a little they, bit of uh did. I'm sure Sansa was working on her, her, uh, her dark makeup and, um, <laughs> um, yeah. So Pete, if you want to just kind of remind me exactly the <laughs> p- the particulars of what happened.
0: Oh, I just said that I totally sent that as a loaded question, didn't I? Um, <laughs> so,
2: I would like to qualify this entire charade by saying I've not seen the episode. <laughs> oh, okay. See,
1: that, makes that makes sense. You, but you, 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 you were on. doing we're so well, well Amy. Yeah. Yeah, cool.
2: Just play along. You know, I'll, um, I'll continue to play along. Let's go. Okay, let's do it.
0: So, uh, so just to kick things off, so Jamie and Braun are headed for Dorn and That's right. They kind of get into. I wanted to ask you, Casey, about this. They got into like a little like uh, fight, Skirm- skirmish. Yeah, a little skirmish a and tough, a tiff a little tiff. Now, Braun kind of took out a couple guys but then left a thir- the third guy for Jamie. Now, it seemed like he was pretty far from what was going on and the guy was pretty much owning Jamie the whole time. Like it's clear that, you know, he's just not obviously when you lose your hand, you're just not the same guy you used to be. Unless yeah. you're Luke Skywalker, of course. Uh, but shit. <laughs> nice. Took <laughs> it. Took the words right it out of your my joke?
1: mouth. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's all good
0: oh uh, did you think that braun
1: would let jamie die um i thought that he he may uh have considered it but i mean like like he he knows he knows what jamie's capable of he, he taught jamie how to how to wield a sword after his his little mishap um mm-hmm. so uh so yeah I, I think he he knew that he knew that jamie could at least handle himself uh at least bide some time until bron was done or bran was done with the with the other guy plus he left him the he left him the already wounded like i think he said slow or fat guy i can't quite remember the specifics of the guy's disability but he was not he was not the a game fighter of the opponents um, okay i see what you're saying we also had Jamie kind of discover a quote unquote superpower of his kind of uh Lemons to lemonade scenario where he catches a sword with his golden hand, which I thought he would have at least like backhanded someone with it by now. (laughs) He's got that like that could be his superpower. He could be like the he could be the pimp hand guy, just (laughs) boom, knock someone out with a backhand. Yeah,
0: it's it's funny. Maybe he's just so used to fighting with the sword that he even think about using his hands.
1: True, and you could tell the guy was caught off guard, um, and then he died. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now
1: <laughs> they had a, they were talking, you know, they're talking
0: obviously the whole time they're traveling now. Um I think Bronn had said something like, Give my like say say hi basically to Tyrion for me when you see him. And and Jamie says something to the effect that uh yeah, the next time I see Tyrion, I'm gonna kill him. He killed my father. Now, do you think he means that? Do you think he is upset as Cersei is about Tyrion killing their father? Just because, you know, Jamie's been so instrumental in Tyrion uh you know escaping and just being on his side. Basically the only one in his family that's uh, that was on his on Tyrion's side was was Jamie. Do you think that Jamie would really kill Tyrion?
1: Um I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that he's as uh, as angry as as Cersei was. Obviously Jamie and his dad had a little bit of a of a clash right before he died. Um and they weren't on the best of terms anyway. Uh, I don't know if he would kill Tyrion right off the bat. He'd, he'd probably capture him or probably throw him back in jail. I know that he he probably hadn't intended on on Tyrion doing that when he released him from prison. But he, he had to have some idea that Tyrion was going to get into trouble, right? And he, he, he must still have some love for his brother. Otherwise, why would he even, would he even let him out of prison in the first place? So uh, I don't think he's as angry as he lets on. I'm sure there's a little bit of... Uh, Sure, there's a little bit of like brotherly, brotherly uh, backhanding. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll call oh, it I love. But I, it, I just mean, yeah, he's going to backhand Tyrion. Well, that's how, I, that's how he's going to show his love, right? The backhand, <laughs> yeah. the so, cor-
2: Correct me if I'm wrong, but in the in the film um, or the the series, the the television series, when Jamie gets Tyrion out of prison, he already knows slash assumes that Tyrion killed. Um, Joffrey, correct? Um, like, at that point, he already knew. I
1: don't quite remember his mindset at the time. I think he had doubts. I think he had his doubts.
2: Because in I the books, he... in the books, he doesn't actually... In, in the books, he breaks Tyrion out, and as they're parting, Jamie asks Tyrion, did you kill my son? And Tyrion's like, yes, yes, I did. And it's funny, because in the book, it's written from J- uh, Tyrion's point of view. So you know that Tyrion blatantly lies just because he wants to hurt Jamie. And so huh. Tyrion basically tells the audience, the reader, he says, I know that I didn't kill uh, his little bastard son, but I really am upset with everything that's been going on and I just want to hurt my family as much as possible, so I'm going to lie to my brother about it. So I wonder if that'll ever come up again because that kind of shows that they do have a level of brotherly connection. Um, the fact that Jamie would break Tyrion out Assuming that maybe he did kill it, and then even when he finds out, he doesn't kill Tyrion; he lets him go. So I don't know how they did that in the in the TV show. I'm really behind on the TV show. Um, well, that's that's <laughs> so it's interesting a, it's a because
0: commitment. that's that's such an interesting dynamic in the book, and it seems so much more different in the show. Because in the show, it seems like you know, like I said, Jamie's the only one that is by Tyrion's side. He's the only one that will do anything to help him um and, and and he
2: did in the in the book he you know he, he was gonna die Tyrion was gonna be executed and Jamie broke him out because they were brothers um and it's then, just interesting
0: that in the book he would blatantly want to hurt Jamie when Jamie's the only one that
2: oh I see. but
0: I mean then again I, I haven't read the book so I don't know if there's it, other things that have happened between Tyrion and Jamie, so I don't I'm not sure
2: yeah, at that point, um, they didn't have a particularly good relationship, and Jamie was really only starting to come into his good side. He was only really recently starting to, you know, manipulate the—oh, uh, I was going to make a joke about the things, the mito what's it's of the good side of the Force, but I couldn't remember <laughs> oh, what it was called, so over oh, the punchline uh, went midichlor- down the drain.
1: Midichlorians.
2: Thank you. you Midichlorians take the wheel. Yeah, he was just, you know, trying to develop those midichlorians of the good side or whatever. Um, but in the book, Tyrion was still... He, he, was, he was freshly angered over the fact that he had to kill... Uh, shay or or at this point he was gonna go kill shay um he was angered over shay's betrayal which reminded him very much of the initial betrayal when he quote-unquote married that um whore that he fell in love with when he was much younger and that marriage was arranged by jamie as a joke so all of that was fresh in his mind so at that point he was really he was just in an emotionally raw state about what he, what Shay had done to him that all of those memories that came up of what Jamie had done to him um, and all of the stuff that his family had done to him and the way that they treated him his entire life is he basically just wanted to do whatever he could to hurt Jamie as much as possible and so he told him yes i killed your son knowing that he did not obviously kill his son
0: Interesting wow this is this is very peeling interesting back
1: the layers peeling back the layers Yeah
0: no kidding um so Staying within the Lannisters, uh, Casey, uh, can we just assume, or do we just do we just assume that Cersei uh, played a part in Marjorie's brother getting arrested, or or getting, uh, not even arrested, he was
1: like what kidnapped? Um. Yeah. Well, he he was arrested. He's still in jail. And uh, well, she gave she gave the leader of the sparrow's an army. So I mean, I don't know what. She can't really claim she can't really claim ignorance on this one she she gave this dude, <laughs> she gave this dude an army and then pointed him in the direction so uh, yeah I'd say that she is uh, pretty damn responsible uh, <laughs> as much as she would not like to admit and what did you think of, of uh, <laughs> Marjorie's
0: husband the king uh, right there on the steps ready to go get the brother and then just kind of chickens out and you know i mean he's the king he can bring like ten thousand more soldiers to come and and take the guy away but he instead instead is like nah i don't feel like doing it today
1: what would you think of that um i think that he is um i don't i don't know they're either setting him up they're going one of two ways because he doesn't want he, they keep calling him the sweet king, or at least Marjorie keeps calling him the, the sweet king or king sweet. I don't, I don't know what her pet name is for him. Um, Does it mean
2: he like owns a candy shop?
1: That, that would
2: be pretty dope. That would be pretty I'm dope. On
1: the side, yeah.
2: <laughs> this is like the king of sour punch straws and M&Ms.
0: <laughs> He's in a uh, bust out Willy Wonka style. Watch,
1: watch.
2: Yes. Lucy loves Willy Wonka.
1: Yeah. Um, Whoa! Lost my train of thought there. Uh, well, they he doesn't want he doesn't want like a battle in the streets, right? Because they all like the 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 town already thinks that he's an, an abomination. They they pra- they yell at at him. He's an abomination because they they have the rumors about his uh, incestuous uh, origin. Uh, but he doesn't want to be known as like a vicious king. He he just wants everyone to just kind of be happy, I guess. Um, which is gonna go one of two ways. One they. They set him up to be this really nice, uh, little sweet kid, and then they kill him because it's heartbreaking, and that's what the show does. Uh, or they set him up to be this this wise, really reasonable, maybe the first, the first reasonable king we've seen so far in the show. That's true. He, he didn't. He could have easily sent that army, and they tell him, "You say the word, and we'll we'll take all these guys out." But I mean, he already has the town against him. He doesn't want bloodshed in the streets to even further tarnish his name uh so hope i mean i i kind of like the kid What's his name thomas tom thompson tom tom man that's that's his weird name right um <laughs> <laughs> I, I like him i like the kid uh so now we move on to
0: uh, to your boy john snow A uh, boy who is trying to uh, well Melisandre is trying to seduce him and uh, turn him over to the dark side. What is it with the Star Wars references today? Um, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Um, well, it's but, it's w- helpful and accurate. <laughs> <But>. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: it is. Um, Casey, what do you think of uh, him Like just completely turning her away and just still staying truthful to Ingrid? And, I mean, he <laughs> was just like, I've got an oath. I loved a woman. She's
1: dead. End of story. <laughs> uh I think it's a good I think it's a good life lesson for the uh for the young men out there. Uh gen- <laughs> you, you, young men just listen to listen to old uh listen to old Casey for a second. Uh, I'm going to give you some wise advice. You're going to be out there in the world and uh and uh, the women they they're going to want your seed, man. They're going to want your seed for magical powers and you just got to say no. You got to shut that down. You got to <laughs> just got to just know nothing. You just got to know nothing. That is that is the key. That is the <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, I think that Jon Snow is a stronger man than I. And, uh, I know that interaction was, was interesting. It shows that, that even though he's broken his vows before, he still takes them very seriously and he doesn't want to break them a second time. Um, yeah. And I think that she probably resents him a little bit for that. So now she might, or he, Jon Snow might have to deal with not only the, not only with Stannis, I think that's his name, Stannis. Yeah. Um, uh, but also his, uh. His red-haired uh, witch—I don't know—is she a witch? Is she—is she a sorceress? I don't know what to call her.
2: She's a red priestess.
1: She's a priestess. Okay. So well, a sorceress see, uh- <laughs> would
2: probably be the closest. She's not necessarily a witch because I think a witch would imply the use of like herbals and stuffs. I don't know. Um, yeah.
1: I'm coming from an RPG she's, background.
2: So like, <laughs> priestess. She's means he, she,
1: healer to me. She doesn't strike me as a healer. Oh,
2: no, not at all. But <laughs> she is, but she's a priestess as in she um follows a single god, as opposed oh. to, I think, in witch mythology, like like if we're talking, you know, real witches, you know, the kind of, you know, the the mother oh, wait, goddess or whatever. Um, yeah. those are multiple different gods, I believe. Um yeah. she is the red priestess for the a lord of light. Yes, him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, sorceress is the best, probably probably the best way to go. But she uses all of her abilities come from this god, at least to our knowledge. But after that whole entire birthing a demon thing, I have no doubt that in this world gods exist. Or some sort of weird ass magic.
1: Yeah, magic is, magic still can continues to confuse me in this world it's very selective about when it happens and when it doesn't happen and and whose name you have to invoke to get And how much it can actually and,
2: do yeah I mean, it brings people back from the dead and yet i feel like at some time like it probably couldn't like light a fire it's very weird
1: who knows That's a good point who knows uh some kids moral of the story uh <laughs> <laughs> hide that seat away hide that seat <laughs> away <laughs> otherwise you'll it. catch on someone will light light you on fire that's, uh, <laughs> and that's canon. And that's canon. <laughs> um, what did
0: What did you think of uh, Jorah taking Tyrion to uh, to uh, Khaleesi? And you know, because originally Tyrion thought, "Oh, you're gonna take me to my sister." Oh, wait a second, we're going the wrong way. Oh, wait, you think you're gonna get into her good graces by turning me over to her? Uh, what What did you think? I mean, what do you think Jorah's endgame? Does he really want to get back to Khaleesi and get? Uh, Get back to be a part of her
1: team. Uh, I mean, what,
0: what do you think of what do you think so, of Jora's plan? So,
1: so that little interaction between Jora and Tyrion in the boat, I think, was some masterful writing because it did it did two things. Um, when Tyrion kind of had his Sherlock Holmes moment and kind of deduced why he was doing it, we had uh, a uh, pretty much a synopsis of what was going through Jora's head uh, due to how he reacts to Tyrion's. Uh, guessing kind of tells us that Tyrion was spot on and so we kind of see we see into Jorah's head through Tyrion and also B solidifies yet again Tyrion uh, as kind of the old Tyrion character we we knew and loved from season one he's kind of been down in the dumps lately hasn't really had a chance to to kind of talk and and remind us why we like his character so much. I think that was one of the reasons. He he might not be the most skilled in combat. He might not be the best with a sword. He might not have the best morals or be the most honorable. That he's just he's just a really sharp dude. He's very smart, and that that is his perk. That is why he's he's one of my favorites, and I think a lot of other people's favorites as well.
0: Oh, well, very nicely said. Um, do you have any thoughts as to what would happen when he when Jorah and Tyrion come to see Khaleesi? What would be your guess as to how it goes down? If
1: I had to guess, um, I'm going to go ahead and say that that Daenerys accepts to an extent. I think she's still going to uh, be very mad at Jorah, but I also think that she's not going to be very angry at Tyrion. I think that once Tyrion talks to her and speaks to her, I think he might be able to reason his way onto her uh, or into her um uh, i don't know uh <laughs> her team i don't i don't <laughs> know what you i don't know what you call it team colle her, uh, her her cabinet her cabinet is there a secretary of of death secretary of dragons
0: <laughs> <laughs> if there isn't there will be <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's kind of convenient I, I i i thought it was a little convenient that if if it works out where Jora gets accepted back by Khaleesi, it could be because she just lost a few guys. Yeah. Um, the show ended with a crazy uh, scene where more and more of these people are coming together and and killing her soldiers off. Um, and you know, I, I she they took out the uh, who was it her, one of her more trusted advisors. Um, I can't remember his name. He is yeah. an older gentleman.
1: Well, uh, we'll call him call him Beardy. Call him we'll Beardy. call him Beardy.
0: Um, yep. Beardy's gone, yeah. uh, and he could quite possibly I know, th- Lucy. that could be. I the, know Lucy the, It's sad. I know, very sad. Uh, that could be the role that Jorah takes up. I mean, do, do you think that could be a possibility?
1: Oh, perhaps. I mean, he yeah, he was. I didn't even consider that. I mean, that was who replaced Jorah for the most part. I know they were like a i a, a dynamic a dynamic counseling duo, uh, but now that he's gone. Yeah, Daenerys is going to be a little bit sad. She'll probably, yeah, now that I think about it, she'll probably have Jorah back to his original position and uh, and uh, maybe hire Tyrion as well. That would be an interesting add-on for her
0: for her group, especially with everything that's going on. Um, do you think that she's going to unleash uh, her dragons on these people that are
1: continuously rising up against her? I don't think she really has a, has a choice. The dragons just kind of... Dragons are, like, hardcore re- <laughs> rebels. They're renegades, man. They don't play by the rules. They might as well wear sunglasses. <laughs> like, you can't tell me um, what to do, Mom, as they put their sunglasses on and, like, climb out through the bedroom window. We'll kill who we want to kill, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> as they smoke a cigarette, drive a VW bug to a warehouse, and punch dance out their rage. He's,
0: they should totally put, like, a cigarette up to the mouth and then blow, like, fire <laughs> Into it, and then th-
1: he lights it up, and then it just his gangster. <laughs> he lights he lights a cigarette with his fire breath as as thug life scrolls down on thug the life. Screen. Yes, anyway. thank you.
0: So- <laughs> oh, but uh, like you said, that's how the show ended. It was just like um, just the uprisers again coming after Khaleesi's army, and and yeah. it's getting worse and worse. And she's gonna have to do something because pretty soon her army's gonna be decimated from all these all these uprisings. So. Yeah. That should be it's, really interesting. Uh, I think her so. her
1: story is her story is very unique. I know we've talked about it before, but it's like she wants to be she wants to be fully democratic, but this society just does not want that. They want the old ways. They want they don't necessarily want slavery, but they want this old lifestyle that they're so accustomed to and and her new ideas of like of everyone is equal and she shouldn't shouldn't own people and things like that. Stuff that we kind of we kind of like, yeah, of course, uh, in this world is, is, uh, is different and is not really as appreciated as it is in real life. Well, I think what it is, too, is, is
0: she, she came to this place with the best intentions. But like you said, trying to turn it into a democracy, they probably view her as a dictator because they won't let her – she won't let them do anything. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like they're probably – their mindset is, well, it's even worse now than when you got here. Um, so, so that, that, that's kind of, that's kind of the thought process running through my head about, you know, about, uh, how this whole uprising has begun and, and, uh,
1: ultimately how, how it's going to play
0: out. So, yep.
1: And, uh, all of that, all that death and, and suffering happened on the day that the, uh, that the gladiator fighting was supposed to open, and I, yeah. I know Amy. I know Amy stepped away for a second, but uh, but if she were here, then I would tell her that this is why we need boxing. This is this is why. So that what? <laughs> oh, uh,
2: that thing. I literally stepped in on, and if she was here, this is why I would tell her that we need boxing. <laughs>
1: Uh, You'll just have to. You just have to go back and listen to the episode.
2: <laughs> Wait, are we actually recording right now? Or are you going to cut this?
1: Uh, no, probably recording. I mean, unless I want to make work for myself.
2: <laughs> well, in that case, I'm about to discover if In-N-Out burgers t- uh, stand the test of overnight refrigeration because I oh, got shit. a burger on the way home last night. And had a milkshake and fries and ate the milkshake and fries on the way home. And then by the time I got home, I'm like, I'm not really hungry. And it's like 1230, so I probably shouldn't eat a burger anyway. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to waste a perfectly good in and out burger. No, so I put why? it in the fridge and reheated it. And, um, you know, we'll see if it's good. I assume yeah. it will be because in and out is basically God's gift to man. Exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much.
1: Movies, TV, Blu-rays.
2: and <laughs> out burger,
1: burger reviews.
2: Um. <laughs> now that would be a fun segment.
1: That that like scene
2: fun. a nerd on scene. We go to different, <laughs> uh, d- different, different burger joints throughout yes. California. Tram That'd
0: out. I'm game. I'd be totally down. Uh, so that was Game of Thrones talk slash Burger In and Out review for this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: So I, I reheated some McDonald's French fries the other day. Now that we're on the subject, we might as well keep talking about it. I mean, I reheated plastic. Some, yeah. Right. I mean, they're they like you'd think with all the preservatives in there, they'd last longer than like two hours. But I I tried reheating them and it was just God. I I I actually didn't end up eating them. I just used them to like to patch a hole in the wall that I had. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, pretty good as as caulking, not, not as funny. as fries so much. Uh anyway, yeah. That's our bur- that's my burger review for the week. I need need new sound effects for that one. <laughs> um <laughs> all right, so
0: moving on to Arrow this week. Uh, and we have a special guest who has crashed the show for these uh next couple segments, uh, because he's so good at doing it. Mr. Andy B of the Flash Podcast, welcome back, uh,
3: Andy. Amy Crash and It hate <laughs> it. No, it was. It, uh, was, no it was. It was. No hate. No, hate. Uh, how are you guys doing? <laughs> doing better now, man. Because and I'm here. Oh, oh,
1: not you, you had Amy here. Your day should have already been good. It, it was. No, it was. It was good before, but now it's sexy. Like now, <laughs> it's got that like that spice to it. Have I said okay. too much? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so getting started on this past week's episode. Um Amy, what did you think of the flashback uh that showed the virus that kind of like was the kind of it was uh blanketed over the whole show really this whole story arc?
2: Um I think one of the things that, that, that kind of surprised me as I'm going, how did they not, how, how did nobody hear about that? And they addressed this in that episode um, when Felicity basically said that. She's like, let me get this straight. How did we not hear about a terrorist attack in Hong Kong? And they had blamed it on some sort of chemical spill. So that kind of got rid of one of the questions that was really bothering me <laughs> was how did no one hear about this? Um, but I realized in this episode, the events leading up to... Oliver and Maceo trying to find that cure, the point where Maceo turns to Oliver and says, "I need you to embrace that killer with inside or inside you." That Amanda Waller saw something inside you. I need you to be that killer, and Oliver just switched it on. He was like, "Well, okay," and it hit me that he was doing it for Akio. He was doing it, you know, for a reason that he considered to be good and moral. And I'm still curious how we're going to get that good moral killing that Oliver has kind of become accustomed to. To the, to the killing that we get to in the very start of the season, which in many ways is unnecessary. We certainly have the moments, like ultimately Oliver's doing, if he kills anyone he's doing it for the good of his city, that's the way that he justifies it. But in this case, I feel like this was a little bit more necessary in the beginning of season one some of the deaths that he is responsible for are unnecessary and so i'm i'm curious i feel like there's still uh you know obviously we still have two more years of him you know his flashbacks to go to figure out what really happened to him but there I, i'm curious to see if there's a point coming up where he kills and he's not it's not necessary he doesn't have to be killing anyone um so i'm i'm I like seeing this development. I like, I don't know if it was on this show. I think it was because I don't talk Arrow on any other shows. Um, And it might have been you, Casey. You were talking about how we're getting that regression of Oliver's morality and his personality in the flashbacks. Whereas in the present day, we're seeing him go from the killer to the nice guy to Al Sahim. That's a whole different story. But I, I like that they're still working on that and they're still getting him to that point where he was a rather heartless killer. Which, you know, he ultimately has a goal and he has a mission he's gonna accomplish, but he, you know, he his some of his killings are unnecessary. Some of them are unwarranted. Um, and some of them are definitely immoral. And so I'm I'm curious where we're going from here, and very likely we'll see it in season four at this point. You know, we're gonna start to see him really regress to that point where, you know, he's he turns into the killer he is in season in season one in the opener.
0: Yeah, now with Oliver, there's a lot of you know. It's it's been crazy watching his transformation into Al Sahim the last couple episodes. You know, you you. I don't know. I don't know how the rest of you felt, but I, I could buy it, but I'm still reluctant. And we got to see a lot more as to the overall grand plan here. And and uh, Andy, were you as surprised as me when you saw Malcolm? turn up in Anna Parvet and then suddenly oh, well, Oliver has a plan and he's just pretty much this is just a ruse. What what did you think of that?
3: You know, I've been going back and forth on on that before I saw the episode and I kept thinking it's, with all the training that Oliver always keeps bringing up and how much, how advanced and how deep it's it's been, I was always thinking, well, there's always a chance that maybe he's just faking this whole thing, but let's think about it this way. Ra's al Ghul has how many years of experience in all of so, all form some you know brainwashing and le- league training and whatnot? So I honestly, f- honestly, thought for a second that he had been completely, you know, brainwashed. Uh, but so, it, but at the same time, when I saw Malcolm just show up there, I was like, oh, of course, uh, of course, he had something together, and um, and it actually made me feel hopeful a little bit again because I'm sorry, this show has been a little bit difficult to watch for the past few weeks. Like every week, it's like. I, I'm, cr- I'm crying every week on Wednesday night. It's not fun. I'm running out of <laughs> tissues. So um, I was like, oh, my God, yes, the heroes finally get, you know, there's maybe a victory is about to come. And then everything pretty much eps it up at the end when Oliver does what he does.
2: See, this is something I wanted to bring up because there has, honestly, there has been no point in this entire thing in which I thought Oliver was for real brainwashed The entire time I'm thinking back to that um, scene in the end or yeah, the end of season two when he's on the sub and the flashback was Sarah and he pretends to be um, mind boggled and gives. Oh, what's his face? Um, The mad scientist, you know, Sarah gives him that herb so he doesn't actually become under the influence. And so that was been in my mind the entire time there was there was honestly no point in which I believed Oliver was completely under Roz's spell. Now, there was a certain bit um, that I feel like he's probably, you know, grappling with. He's definitely having to fight the effects of this herb. But I think it's a very good chance that Malcolm Merlin gave him an antidote to whatever this herb was. So Oliver's just been playing along the whole time. Um, And so, you know, tonight when that or last night, two nights ago, whatever, when that happened, I was just like, oh, thank God. Okay, now we're, you know. Now we're going to get the ball rolling. And then things kind of regressed and, you know, molded and shifted throughout the episode. Um, and there was a split second when he threw in the virus that I was like, oh my God, that, okay, maybe Oliver really is evil, but let's be honest. There was no way that Rachel Ghoul is going to waste the alpha and omega on four insignificant individuals to his flight. And, I think it would make the most sense to just have an airborne sedative that knocks the four of them out or an airborne something similar to what they gave Roy. Something that knocks them out and makes them look dead and then they, you know, get them released and Oliver can save the day. Um, But I don't know, something... it just to me, it didn't. There was never any point when I doubted that Oliver was still Oliver. Um, we know at this point he's gotten much better at lying. Season one, he wasn't very good at lying, but now he's gotten a lot better at lying. Um, oh, and so, I still
3: remember when he went through Felicity. He was like, I, I, I couldn't find a sports bottle, so I put this drug in a needle, and <laughs> it's a sports drink. It's, that's still the biggest garbage I've ever heard any <laughs> character say on any television show. She's I like, so like,
2: then why is it in a syringe? And, and, and he just kind of like, what have
1: <laughs> all the I'm cool kids up. are doing it.
2: But, but <laughs> yeah. uh, Casey, and Diggle, Diggle had to you, leave. Right? <laughs> Diggle's like, nope. Uh, like,
3: I, I no I'm doing this.
2: <laughs> did you guys believe that Oliver had been completely turned? Because like I said, there was no point in which I believed that Oliver had gone evil. I always no. knew that he had a plan. And so I'm curious if I'm the only one who had who who was like no. that.
1: No, I, I I don't think he turned either. I mean, he they kept him in a dark room for three weeks. That that's not how you get a Darth Vader. That's how you get that's how you just get a pissed off dude.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, they were drugging him at the same time though.
1: True. So that's I mean, something it,
2: that I I think that's how Raish thinks that he does that he does have Oliver,
1: but but I but I mean, doing drugs in a dark room for three weeks is how you yeah. get Robert Downey Jr. It's not how you get a Raish. No. Okay, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Man.
2: But I mean, they could have given him, uh, like I said, the same thing with Sarah giving him the antidote to that, uh, the like hallucinogen side thing back on the sub. Malcolm could totally have given him whatever antidote was necessary to fight off the, resi- the you know, the, the, these drugs. But Malcolm would have had to gone in depth and be like, this is what you're going to have to go through. You will have to kill people. You will have to hurt people. But if you want to save your city and ultimately fool Raish, you're gonna have to, you know, do some evil things to do a greater good.
3: Raish, 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 Raj, I'm so tired of this. I'm that saying
2: Raish. But... Because that's how Katrina Law says it. And this is my bay. So
3: <laughs> Oh, don't don't let great. don't let Haley I will hear hear you say that. <laughs>
0: um,
2: oh sh- no comeback? No cuz it it doesn't it's not doesn't really make sense. <laughs> anyway, continuing. Pete, what about you? Did you did you believe Ollie had turned evil? Gone to the dark side? You know what? I
0: I was kind of mixed on that only because I don't know. I think it was either I think it was the last episode where they had found a, a straggler and basically told him he had to kill the guy and uh, in his head, it looked like Diggle, and he just did it just with such ease, and I get that he wanted to prove to to Roz that he had turned and that Oliver Queen was dead, and now Al-Sahim was who he was, uh, so that, that kind of made me think, oh, wow, so, like, did he really turn that quick? But there was still always some skepticism uh, in the back of my mind about that, and Obviously, that skepticism was proved to be right when we saw what happened in this episode. But um, yeah, I mean that, that's that's what I thought. I, I I was very mixed, but still in the back of my mind, I was like, nah, I, I can't completely buy it that Oliver's turned. Uh, so, now, granted, I I was kind of under the influence of the Flash season finale and seeing him in it, so I'm like, okay, something has mm-hmm. to happen. So that, so of course that. Yeah, so that that certainly played a part in my thinking, um, but you know that that's kind of my thoughts. Now, I'm curious, uh, Casey, what did you think of Malcolm coming back to the group and saying, "So everyone, Oliver didn't turn, and we have to go back and get him, and yeah, all that stuff about stealing, about kidnapping Diggle's daughter. Let's just let's just not worry about that, and let's just go get Oliver. What do you think about all that?
1: <laughs> oh, uh, I didn't watch the episode, but. Uh, <laughs> I knew, I knew all of this was going to happen. Like, it, Oliver Oliver has really bad commitment issues when it comes to moral stances. He's like, I'm evil now. <laughs> uh, not so evil. Like, I'm sorry, was, everybody. We'll talk tomorrow. I'm, sorry, I'm back. I'm back now. I promise, City, I'll never leave you again. Fast forward one episode and, oh, I got to go. I got to fulfill a prophecy and Destiny. <laughs> I'll see you later. I'll, I'm the Arrow. Bye. And then he leaves. And then he comes back. And then he leaves, and then he comes back, and he's really, like, I, 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 I don't know. It's um, very emotionally draining on not only his team, but on me as well. I, I don't know. <laughs> I knew he was going to come back. I just didn't watch the episode.
2: You know, <laughs> see, okay. here's what I don't get. If Oliver was trying to convince his team that he was still Oliver... Why didn't Malcolm just whip out that Surface Pro and be like, yo, product placement, check out this HD video of Oliver Queen being like, hi, Felicity, hey, Diggle, (laughs) sorry about all the shit that just went down? It's
3: called called Potholes.
2: Yeah, I'm like, Skype chat, I'm sure that they have great reception in the middle of nowhere. They could have done (laughs) something. Like, Oliver could have been like, hi, or, I don't know, sent a secret message through, you know, maybe something only he and Felicity or only he and Diggle have ever discussed. Maybe, you know, like a secret code that Malcolm repeats and they're like, whoa, Oliver's still there. Or, I don't know, like, I literally kept waiting in the, in two episodes ago, I kept waiting for Diggle to take off his jacket after he and Oliver had fought and, like, a little note to drop out or something that Oliver had snuck in. And he'd be like, oh, Oliver's on our side, but um, see, that, that's Dianne, what I don't get. The detective you are. That frustrates me. I was like, that's the only thing I didn't get. I feel like these past couple episodes, I actually have really, 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 really enjoyed. I feel like this is, for me, this is kind of the arrow that I know and love. Um, the nonstop action, the good, you know, the, the fun plot development, the character development. Um, but I feel like there are a couple obvious things that they could have done to make things so much easier. Like I think Oliver could have snuck something into Diggle's coat or something. I don't know, or sent you know, like I said, sent a smoke signal, something to tell Felicity, you know, something they shared. I don't know. That bothered me. I'm like, no, look, you had a been... perfect opportunity for 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 your product placement. Look at the Surface Pro. <laughs> that would have been and way your too video of Oliver Queen.
1: That would have been way too straightforward, and there wouldn't be any opportunities to emotionally distress his teammates if he did that.
2: Which is, you know. It is sad to see to see Diggle kind of have to go downhill right now, um, and so I wonder if they're doing it if, if if they're trying to the writers if they're trying to create a level of disattachment from you know OG Team Arrow and break up the team for whatever reason for maybe something that they've got going on in season four, um, you know maybe maybe that's kind of their end game is that they needed a reason to to separate the team members and to break up Team Arrow. But I don't know. Um, I don't I don't know why they would necessarily put Diggle and Felicity, especially, through this kind of emotional trauma, the writer or something. Like why would they would put them through this emotional trauma, um, when they really could have just made it so much easier. But I'm sure that there's an end game that we're gonna see. Um, I'm just kinda curious on what it's gonna be. I think Flash
3: has something to do with it. Flash (laughs) finale specifically.
2: Mm -hmm. Which I realized the other day I was looking at the finale dates just to kind of get, you know, get my schedule straight. And I realized that the Arrow finale is next week and the Flash finale is in two weeks, which means whatever happens in the Flash finale is going to be a direct result of whatever happens in the Arrow finale. Um, Which, if I understand when we see these photos, there's a very distinct possibility that the Flash finale will have Oliver Queen still existing to a certain degree as Ra's al Ghul.
3: So no, I think I I think the um, the era for now will go straight into the flash one, and I'm still thinking that they're doing flashpoint in order to set up not just the too. spin off but possibly su- the super goal as well. Um, yeah. Uh, Multiverse.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see what she would say. Like when I said where she like, she she has all these fears, and it's uh wait, I love fairies. I, I that's why I called her Miss Amy Multiverse. <laughs>
0: now bringing it back real quick uh we got to see uh uh one of our favorites mr ray palmer return and uh he's still the nicest question, guy on the planet huh
3: i have a question though did anyone else find odd that he's like you know I, I i think i know why he's still doing but like they broke up but yet he still allows felicity to just like work and do whatever she wants at palmer technologies like if Most boyfriends are just like, yeah, you're going to have to go if they were working at the same place or whatnot. You know, work somewhere else in the building, you know, just because they're literally using his office as, you know, the new uh, Arrow Cave or, I don't know, the Adam Cave or whatever it's called.
2: Ray's not at all that kind of a person. He's not the kind of a person to hold a grudge. He's the kind of, I mean, I think if if Felicity had said, I love you back, and then a couple months had lied and said, I love you back. And then a couple weeks later had said, JK, I was kidding. That (laughs) would be a different story but she didn't she you know it's 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 just a natural progression in many relationships people you know they enjoy each other's company they enjoy being in a relationship but then there comes a point where they realize that the interest is you know not mutual that their level of attraction towards each other is not equal and so i think this is a very natural and real progression in their relationship especially when you have someone who's not interested in the other um but, I mean, I've, I've had relationships with, with people and it's been like that. And um, for one reason or another, one party was not as interested in the other party. But we are still very good friends um, because you do share a level of connection. And so Felicity and Ray, they do share a very close friendship. And their, their, their relationship started as a friendship and blossomed into something more. And then, you know, was just kind of stagnant and wasn't going to go any farther. But I think it's very natural. I don't think it's abnormal at all that Ray and Felicity are continuing to be friends. And I'm glad because I really enjoy their their relationship together. I think they will be friends for the rest of their life. And they will be partners and teammates, but not in a romantic way.
0: BFFs for life.
1: So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dead air.
1: People, so, just, <laughs> people just need to take my dating advice. Uh, I won't repeat it because I don't think Amy liked it very much. Just remember my Game, the of Game of Thrones
2: dating advice, dating advice which my I Game can of- guarantee you're going to get flack on. My Mr. Game Mr. Of Thrones. Mr. Casey's going to need a redaction next week. My
1: Game of Thrones dating advice, young men, protect your seed. Protect it. <laughs> Lock it in a vault.
0: <laughs> oh, oh boy. say a
1: thousand times if I have to.
0: So, uh going, you know, we had this scene with with uh, Felicity and Ray, but what was interesting was he had her sign something that she didn't even bother to read and it said transfer of ownership uh Andy what do you think that means
3: that she's gonna get the company and Ray's gonna be like yeah I'm heading up to my spinoff now see ya or something I don't know I isn't I thought it was pretty clear she, she, well that's literally what but he isn't that literally what he did he signed over the company to her and in a, but in a week or two he's gonna I be didn't like, put the
2: connection about the spinoff that's a good that's a good point
3: Hmm. well cookie to me then hmm. so Who do you worried. think talk
2: <laughs>
1: someone <laughs> casey yes what did you think of that uh <coughs> i'm sorry i'm not paying attention uh i didn't oh, never watch. mind you didn't watch the episode
0: forget no, it i'm sorry
2: my yes. microphone i didn't realize it was muted and it was and so i was trying to talk and respond and i was like oh no one can hear me okay no, Andy, I really like that theory. I didn't consider that option that um, they're setting it up so that they can continue to that they can develop the atom elsewhere in like a different city. Um, but still, like, to- he
3: needs these resources. though, like, why would he just give it up like that and then just be like, yeah, I'm just going to hang out with the hot girl and whatever.
2: And are we sure that that's what that document said? Are we sure that he's transferring ownership to Felicity or is it somehow vice versa?
0: Well, this, Is she- to me, that's the thing where, like, I don't, maybe it's just, I don't think Ray would ever do something like that to underhand, you know, you, you're talking about, like, taking ev- all the power, right? That's what you're referring to.
2: Yeah, kind of.
0: I, I, And I thought about that for a second, but then I was like. I, I just can't see Ray doing that, you know. He's just—it's just not his character to do something like that, unless they're completely altering him for the spinoff somehow. Um, but I just initially thought it was him giving over the the company to her. That was my thought.
3: And then Felicity will give the company to Oliver so he can get his yeah. money back. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Um, and it would it would I mean it, that would completely t- cut ties, like Andy said, in... And, Lead Ray to the spinoff. I mean, that just that makes total sense, right? Um, you know, I
3: don't want him to leave, though. That's the thing. I don't want him to leave Arrow. Like I have him around in um, in season uh, season four, just you know, because they keep saying that we're we're going to use Arrow and the Flash upcoming seasons to set up the spinoff. So I don't know, maybe Harkel and uh, Rip Hunter is over at Flash, Adam and um, Victor Garber is over at Arrow. I don't know, something like that. So it's like. It Wouldn't it be too early for him to just walk up and leave the city? It's true. Um, well, un- okay. Unless
2: he's quitting, he wants to quit his, like, day job so he can be the Adam full-time. That's another option. Ah, uh, that could work.
0: So, real quickly, going back to the group. Um, now, to convince everybody, Malcolm brings Tatsu uh what did you think uh amy of her introduction to the group
2: well her introduction's great you know cool let's meet tatsu but i still don't understand why we had to do that because oliver's like we have to send someone she trusts so let's send someone that that they've never met before and i've never told them about and who uh is like a deadly assassin it doesn't make any sense to me i'm still kind of grappling with the whole why didn't you send a facebook message thing or a video or something (laughs) Um, but I am glad, I was really excited to see to see Tatsu slash Katana um, really make her presence known in, in uh, now to Team Arrow. So I'm, I hope that she becomes a more permanent member of the team or at least a frequent in and out member of the team because I, I, I like her a lot. I think she's a really well done character. Plus her fighting ability is fantastic.
0: Um, so I'm, I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but uh, Andy, what did you think of the Tatsu and Maseo fight?
3: It was so heartbreaking, honestly, because and t- I was glad that to got to be so much in this episode because both in the flashbacks, we see we see her lose, you know, we see her lose her son now in the present she lost, you know, who used to be the love of her life, and so I, I was glad to see that because that actress she is really really good, so it was it was nice to see her and the, she was you know like I expected having having seen the Wolverine she she is one hell of a fighter and. Um, I um, I loved the katana costume. Um, all of it's, it was weird seeing it. You know, seeing this episode right after having seen the the cast. Suicide, photo, squad. Suicide squad. So <laughs> I was just like, okay, she's either she's gonna die or they're gonna they're gonna have an explanation to why she's gonna leave the show, unless they actually let her be on the show at the same time as the movies. But uh, if we can't have Deadshot, then you know, I don't know, whatever. So, but I I liked I liked having her around. I was happy that she uh. I was so happy that she, that she got to do so many things because we knew that she could be a total badass, but it was that the death scene of Mancia was so sad. But at the same time, it was a victory, because he was finally set free now, and he doesn't have to... like now he, has, he doesn't have to serve Raza Ghul anymore.:
0: That's a good point. Um, Amy, what did you think of Malcolm turning his back on Oliver's plan? Or do you think Fuck that was not this thing you
2: Malcolm. Whoa. I Damn. don't like not to get explicit. That. Not expect that. But that, I was, that was a really first. yeah. Freaking pissed. I'm literally I'm, like okay, so I I watched it this morning and my house is empty right now. All my roommates are at work. Um so the joy of working from home is that I can be like okay, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to watch television in the morning and I'll work when I get home from my other job like later tonight. But I literally I'm sitting at my kitchen table and it happens and I slammed my hands on the table. <laughs> it was like something out of a weird movie i was like fuck you and i yelled at my kindle and it's or my samsung galaxy or whatever um and i was so uh, upset because i had really high hopes for malcolm but i guess he's similar to grant ward um crossing over into shield at this point he's irredeemable i had such high hopes that because of what he did for Thea and what he was willing to sacrifice for Thea, that maybe there was a part where he was becoming redeemed, where he had stopped caring about himself. But at this point, all he cares about is himself. Even when even when he was thinking he was helping Thea, helping her become stronger, helping train her, he was doing it so that she could kill Sarah so that they could get the League off of their back. There has never been a point where Malcolm has ever done anything strictly for someone else he has always done it for his own benefit with the exception of Tommy and i i think i think Tommy would be ashamed of his father i was so upset with Malcolm i'm not surprised i mean i guess i was surprised i slammed the table i was <laughs> watching the show on but like the um,
3: did in the episode
2: that's basically what it what it was angry dick angry Diggle is scary It it was just I was really frustrated because I had such high hopes for Malcolm. Um, And at this point, he absolutely gets anything that he deserves. There is no part of me that will ever mourn. What happens to Malcolm? I actually... So I keep little post-it notes. If I know I'm going to be recording about an episode, I keep uh, I write down random things on post-it notes and then just stick them on my table or on a bulletin board and bring them over for the podcast. And I literally have one post-it note that just says, fuck you, Merlin. (laughs) You know what
3: you should do one time? Next time, put one of the post-its on your forehead and then point at it and take a selfie like (laughs) Mel did.
2: Um, But I'm sure... (sighs) I'm curious, I, I actually didn't see that coming, probably because I haven't really, I watched the last Arrow episode only like a day or two ago, so when I have a long time to think about like a week to think about what's going to happen between episodes, I can try to predict, but I didn't see that coming, mainly because I just had hoped that based off of everything he was doing for Oliver, especially what we saw in the beginning of this episode with him helping Oliver, that maybe he was just trying to be a nice guy, but no, he had to go and be a jackass. <laughs> so
0: that's Man. what I thought. <laughs> Don't piss off Amy.
3: <laughs> well, speaking of being pissed off, um breaking news, uh, no no costumes, no costumes uh like last time, but um NBC has canceled Constantine. Wow.
2: Oh. Bummer.
3: But the producer does say that um uh, that one of us is working hard to find Constantine a new home. So, and um, from the executive producer D- D- Daniel Serone, so stay active, stream, tweet, hashtag sell, save Constantine, hashtag hellblazers. So, you know, um, oh, NBC, I hate you. So, so, Arrow, um. <laughs> Uh, Andy, actually,
0: I wanted to ask you about this. What did you think of Thea going off to look for, for Roy? And I
3: then... loved uh, that. And they broke my heart again. <laughs> I'm like, like, I literally can't take this anymore where characters on this show are just losing all the time. It was nice that they got together. They, they had some sexy time. And then, you know. And also, I liked it little Jason Easter. I know they're not, they're not, they're never ever gonna introduce Jason Todd on Arrow because, because fuck life. Uh, but uh, it was nice that because you know Roy Harper is very connected with with Jason Todd in the comics, so it was kind of nice that he, that out of all the names he had, you know, picked as a cover name, it was Jason. So I was like, ah. Um, it was nice though that they somewhat got a closure, um, if you know what I mean, and that he basically, you know. Handed her over, you know, the costume basically saying, you know, yeah, you know, I I like it, but I think it fits you better. So it's awesome.
0: It's speedy time. Um, So what?
2: uh, What's that? I said I'm so stoked about speedy time. I'm really excited. I'm excited to see where they go with uh, Thea. She's gone from being one of my least favorite characters, if not my least favorite character, to uh, one of my favorites. I love her story and I love how she's grown.
3: Yeah, a lot
0: you know, of people totally have been saying it this year. Um, I find I like that. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm with Amy on on, on that one because I really did not like Thea uh, from season one on, or or I should say just season one. Just just her character didn't r- just rub me the wrong way, and I was just like, eh. It could if, if if her character was written off, I, it wouldn't be the worst thing. But now she has become such so much more, uh, such a what major part of the show. What's that?
3: she's been more developed now because i i liked her in season one but i think you know, she did get it better and better because i think they knew right away well this is not working with her we need to fix it right away and i i like the whole evolution of her so um i i'm stoked to see her maybe in something red next week
0: yeah that'd be really cool um so what do you guys think of the way the show ended with the wedding and uh possibly team arrow horrible
3: dying uh andy <laughs> if I'd been at that wedding, I would have been, I would, you know, but if, sadly, the, the priest never said it, you know, but like if there had been a part where they said, you know, if anyone is opposed to this marriage, you know, speak now forever, keep your silent, I would have raced up and said, all right, bitch, let's end this shit because this is just horrible. And then I would have, you know, probably tried to punch Rod and then I would have been, like, decapitated or something like that. But, uh, no, I... I've said my matter on that on in my reviews on TV and remind as someone who is openly bisexual, it was kind of offensive to see a gay character being you know, we know we get it. Razogul, he's he's the motherfucking bastard. But there's a reason people watch TV because they're trying to escape You know, the real world, so I feel that they could have done other things, other evil Hmm. things, rather than just like, Yeah, instead of killing you, I'm gonna force you, my openly gay daughter, who still is still mourning for Sarah, to marry this, you know, my what I think is a brainwashed um bastard. So I was, I was not looking forward to that part at all. I almost, I think I actually muted my television when it happened. I was like, Ugh, and then I saw the knock, I'm like, Oh my god, maybe, oh crap, he stopped her and yeah I yeah. it was it was I I hated it
0: yeah I can understand it, it's I, I I see your point I I didn't even think about that but that was definitely a different way to uh, another way to look at it and yeah I mean that totally I can see that how that would how that would really upset you um I mean obviously it's you know things are going to happen to completely alter that um it's unknown if Barry Allen is going to have a huge part of that obviously he'll play some of a part If you you know I'm referring to the uh, to the um, trailer for next week's season finale. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it how it all goes down. Um, it's going to be it's I, I'm excited. When I saw, when I saw Barry uh, was going to be on the show, you know, The Flash, and uh, it's just gonna it's gonna raise the stakes. And then they've already told us that uh, the villain of the following season is going to be introduced uh, in this episode. Uh, it's it, you know, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how much they can really cram in, in this hour season finale. So
2: I'm um, excited. Okay. I I was wondering, um, when you guys, obviously they were not going to kill Laurel, Felicity and Diggle. Um, and uh, I, I, I was Malcolm. Yeah, he was in, he was in there. So the four of them were in the magic cage. Um, I still think that it was some sort of sedative that Oliver dropped in there. Um, That is gonna give out the illusion of death or knocks him out or something, and Oliver's still playing a game. And I think that he's going to ally himself with Nyssa. Um, I was really proud of her when she, you know, tried to kill Oliver. I know that sounds really interesting, but I I'm glad that she was standing up for herself. And I'm glad that her main argument isn't you're trying to marry me off. Um, So that Oliver can actually be your heir, you know, like legally. I love that her main argument was, why are you trying to make me marry someone I don't love? And I thought that's really powerful coming from Nyssa, a woman who, as she has described to Laurel, has never had the option of happiness, has never had the option of love. Growing up, that wasn't something that she had the option for, that she was that she ever believed or even realized was a possibility in her life until she met Sarah. And so I was so thrilled that that was what she said. I know that sounds kind of weird that I was excited that, that she was saying, I'm angry that you're not letting me marry someone I love, because I I, I am proud that Nissa realizes she is allowed to love, that she can love, that she it's okay for her to fall in love and that she is, she's able to fall in love because she wouldn't have had that without Sarah. And so as a character, I'm glad that she's not just a one dimensional character. I love that she has all of these different layers and um, you know, she's doing everything she can to not marry someone she doesn't love. And I was, I, I actually, I, I, I thought that was, this was an interesting development. This, this episode, um, your point's very interesting, Andy. I didn't think about that aspect
3: um no it's it's fine it's uh, actually it's and you know it's it's not me trying to attack anyone but you know like when i bring no, up to, it's, it's it's not it's not something a lot of straight people would think of at first and so uh, and like i'm not saying that you know it's well only gay people can understand and so but i think you know I, I i i i understand why this may not have been the first thing you may you know some of people may have thought of because you know all people mostly what we were thinking about is that this is just horrible uh ross is just like being the bathroom zone, but you, if you look at from the ethical side of the things, you know it's it's not necessarily what's going to be the first thing that people think about, uh, sadly. And um, and I hope, you know, I, you know, I hopefully this w- was the only time that the Airwise ever did something like this because, you know, because we don't need to, you know, religion and sexuality, it matters and stuff like that. And yes, you can touch upon it in TV shows, but then you know. Will you do something that is clearly painful to a lot of people, whether they are people from the LGBT community or people that are get going through arranged marriages? You know, it's better to just leave that out, especially from comic book shows. It's a good point. Um, Sorry so if I was <laughs> out. <laughs> that's
0: all good. No, that was a good point, Andy. And uh, that's, that's, it's always good to hear uh, different points of view. And that was definitely a good one to hear from. Um, so, so moving on, you know, we were talking about the flash and Barry, and uh we got to finally get our really good look at Grodd who looked amazing in this episode um Casey, it started off a little different in this uh episode where we had Iris narrating and uh talking about what she had what she knows now and how to deal with it. What did you think of that
1: yeah, um, I thought. They took Iris's character in a really interesting direction this episode. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it, because um, I'm I'm really I'm looking for every opportunity to like Iris that I can. I'm really I'm trying my best to like Iris, but like the the thing I keep coming back to is that they didn't tell her about Barry's powers because they thought that it might cause a lot of drama or maybe cause some trouble for them or or uh, she might I don't know uh, say overreact and make a whole thing about it. And uh, when she does find out, she, she hears about this. And the first thing that she does is cause a scene and, and make a whole bunch of drama and uh, make it a real big it, thing. I think yeah, if she. But it's
2: it's if realistic. She
1: I guess, but like if, if they would have taken it. Realistic doesn't necessarily mean it's the most compelling story. I think they would have made her character a lot stronger if she would have taken this into account and then said, you know what? I get that, I get that you kept it from me. I understand why. I'm a little bit disappointed about it, but I'm gonna be. I'm gonna keep it professional. She did not keep well, it professional, but she did. Thinking though about, she said that
2: in that in that 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 scene when she's talking with her dad in the um the newspaper room, she basically says that she's like, I get that you were trying to protect me, and I understand that, but you need to have not. Um, well,
1: I mean. She says that, yes, but that's not how, that's not how she acts. She, she, yeah. she makes a very big deal about it. She, she causes Barry a lot of emotional distress. when but think is, about this way. Goddamn okay. superhero.
3: <laughs> think about it this way. Okay. Everyone lied. Everyone lied to her. Every, like Cisco, Caitlin, Joe, Eddie, Barry. These are all people that she hangs out with and stuff like that. She, everyone literally lied to her. So, of course, you know, like, I will say this, and I, I said this on this week's episode of The Flash Pocket, that I, I completely support every reaction she had. She made a lot of good points. And you know what? I think this, I think this finally puts an end, you know, finally show, showcased even more that, that it's, ho- that, prote- that it's be- maybe it's better to just tell the truth. Rather, it will pro- the truth will probably protect her more and and actually be, make her more useful, um, as opposed to not knowing at all, because look, the minute she knew about you know who the who the Flash really was, when she they're looking for, for Joe and Gorilla Grodd, she shows up to Star Labs and she like she uses her invest- journalism skills and actually helps him a lot. So you know, she's a, she's yeah. a resource, and I feel that the, at this point, you know, I know there's there's this is a big debate within a lot of comic book community and so on, it's that do you tell your loved ones or do you not? But I feel that if we're looking at shows like Arrow and Flash, and I'm sure Supergirl is going to, you know, explore that too and so on, Is that the people around you can probably protect you more and protect themselves a lot better if they know what's going on. So that whenever you need to take off, they can make excuses for you instead rather than you having to lie to them and make them completely turned off or whatnot. So no i this was iris best episode of the whole season and i feel you know Candace fan she rocked it and i you know i i still i everyone should be ashamed, everyone on team flash should be ashamed because they she was right
2: yeah i think um i have to to kind of i have to agree with andy on this um I think she reacted realistically. And I think I would have been really frustrated with her character if she was like, nope, nope, I'm done, bye, and had left and had not and had chosen to just shut them all out. But instead of that, which is, you know, that was – that honestly, that was a concern of mine, was that, that her reaction would be, okay, I'm super pissed. Now none of us are friends. I'm breaking up with Eddie. I don't want to talk to you, Dad. I don't want to talk to you, Barry. I was worried that she would just get full-on upset. But instead, she – um she, she, uh, she. You know, she she decided to to join in the team. She decided to to be like, okay, yeah, I get the, you know, I'm upset and angry, and I could probably give them the cold shoulder for an extended period of time, but instead, I'm going to forgive them to a certain extent, and um, you know, do my best to understand why. And I think she kind of realized that if she maybe got involved with Team Flash, she would see why they hid things from her especially when her dad was taken if iris had not found out about barry there's a very good chance that she would not have found out that they were fighting Grodd. she would not have heard her dad get taken by Grodd. she would not have realized they could have kept that from her they could have lied about it um and that put her through pain To hear her dad get taken, to see the pain that that encounter with Grodd had caused him. And so I think there's a part in Iris's mind where she realized that that's the pain they were trying to protect her from. It wasn't necessarily a safety pain, it was protection from emotional trauma that comes with what they do with their job. Um, Because let's, you know, realistically, it's only a short amount of time passed. Iris may never have even known her dad went missing if she hadn't shown up at star labs. So I think that, that, that kind of hit her and that she might bring that up a little bit later that she realized that that's what they're they were trying to protect her from. So I think, you know, she realized that and she basically says that she's like, I get that you were trying to protect me, but ultimately you were hurting me. So let's just put all the cards out on the table. But I liked her reaction. I was really worried that they were going to make her go cold shoulder and just, quit everything and be like nope screw it I'm moving to Starling City which let's face it isn't a whole lot better right now Um, that's true (laughs) (laughs) I
0: I did want to say that I thought it was clever of the writers and this is where uh, there's a clear difference between uh, how Arrow's written and how The Flash is written and that is how Iris found out a lot of things and and it was done in a very light way it was very funny You know, first you had Barry slip that Wells was reverse Flash. Then you had Joe slip that uh, Wells uh, killed her boss. And it was like, and I found those moments to be kind of funny. Like, it was just, you know, they thought just because everyone assumed that Iris knew Barry was the Flash. Okay, let's just talk to her like. Like she knows everything, in which case she didn't know anything, and so I thought that was really clever the writers to to handle those situations because they could have been dr- more dramatic, but they were kept on a more light and funny uh, funny side and how they were were dealt with. Um, and and I I thought that was kind of bringing everything back. You know, you had Iris find out about everything. She's she's upset, obviously, um, with how. Uh, everyone lied to her, and then that kind of just made it kind of you know, like I said, bring it back to to what the Flash is, uh, which is definitely more lighthearted than uh, what Arrow is. Um, and so, moving on to uh, we have Eddie is still with um, with Wells, uh, Andy. What did you What do you think? Uh, what do you think of what Wells is doing to Barry? He's got him tied up. He's working on on something that we learn about more at the end of the show, but. What do you think he's ultimately trying to do with with uh, with Eddie?
3: Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> I, I don't. I um. It was unbelievable. How, like it, because you know, and something I think I, I think it was either Amy or Lauren who brought this up on last time they were on the on the Flash podcast. But that it's fascinating to see how you know, even though he's this villain, he's still so sympathetic and always supporting Barry and trying to teach him things, but. This week he was just like fuck everything. Ed, Eddie, you're gonna fail in life. You're gonna lose Iris, and you're the most pathetic fawn in the whole in the whole fawn dynasty or whatever. So it was, it was scary to see how nasty Harrison Wells, Tom Cavanaugh got. And I, and but poor Eddie, he was he was also being sassy with his kidnapper. He was like, "Am I getting lunch?" Like the minute like boy. You should not be trying to negotiate with your kidnapper right now. You're tied up.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That was – yeah, that's a good point. Um, Casey, what did you think of uh, – I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting off track a little bit here. I, I want to talk about Grodd. Um, what did you think of, of how they portrayed
1: Grodd? Uh, it's very Caesar-esque. I liked it. Um. I don't, they made do with the CGI that they had I like how they use they kind of used the darkness of the of the sewer system to kind of hide the hide the CGI a little bit but it still added to the effect of it he kept like cloaked in shadows and it was it was nice i I don't know how they're gonna i w- I'm curious to see how they're gonna do him above ground uh just aesthetics wise um but I mean the the character is is awesome uh, this like super intelligent ape with superpowers um it kind of makes me like they 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 made him so powerful and so cool that the way that they got rid of him I thought was a little bit it was a little bit jarring to me that he would just kinda of jump in front of a train like that. I thought he he would be a little bit smarter than that. I mean I realized that they just had to they had to get him away from Barry so that they can have some distance so Barry can learn how to go faster and eventually beat Grod. But uh, but I thought that, that that way that they used to to get rid of Grod was a little bit interesting. I guess. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. But it was a cool character. I really like how they did Grodd. I, uh, I'm i excited to see him come back when he does. I don't know when he, when he will.
2: You know, that actually reminded me of a point in the Arrow episode that we didn't talk about when we sort of touched on it. But I thought the CGI in Arrow with that whole plane situation and Adam flying, I thought that looked great. Especially the jet. I thought that was really well done for an Arrow show. for I mean a CW show. I thought that was really cool looking. Anyway, Candid,
0: no, I, done no i totally agree <laughs> um uh they they certainly uh opened up the budget for both arrow and flash for for you know like you said the atom suit uh for grod they've really done such a fantastic job i mean i i think we could all you know just gush over how firestorm looks amazing uh it, it's just uh they've done a, such a fantastic job on all the special effects uh, on the show throughout the whole season so i'm excited to see like you know what these characters, what, who else they bring in that, that could even look, uh, who could look even more amazing. So um, so getting back to Grodd, you know, uh, they're trying to figure everything out. You know, they don't have Harrison Wells there anymore. So, you know, they've got to work together. They've got to do this one on their own. Um, Amy, what did you think of how they came up with the plan to get to Grodd? And then uh, ultimately it was Iris who kind of gave uh, Barry the motivation he needed.
2: Well, I mean, you, I mean, you kind of saw it coming. You're like, if he's getting inside his head, the best way to get someone to focus and get somebody else out of their head is to have someone be an anchor point for them. But I'm not going to lie. I actually got emotional when Barry started having the flashbacks with Iris. I was like, oh, this is so good. And I just I loved it. I thought it was great. I love that Iris stepped in and. Um, because, just like I said earlier, she could have chosen to completely stay out of everything, but instead she's like, look, now that I know the truth, I'm going to integrate myself into Team Flash, and I'm going to help make a difference, and I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed that she was an anchor point for Barry, and I think it shows how strong of a connection they really have with each other. And interestingly enough, it parallels very bizarrely with a couple of times that Wells has had to be an anchor point for Barry when it comes to doing something he's never done before, when it comes to running so fast that he does the sonic, whatchamacallit, um, or running through a straight wall and things like that. You know, there has been a lot of points where, where Wells is doing that speech in Barry's ear and it encourages Barry and Barry can accomplish whatever he needs to accomplish. And in this point, we've replaced Wells with Iris. And I think that connection was even stronger than the connection he had with Wells. But it's an interesting little parallel to look at that, shows that that um, you know Barry's a superhero but he needs someone there who can be his anchor and his encouragement and keep him grounded and that is Iris and I'm curious to see where they're gonna go with that um how did they how did they how did they draw grad out I don't even remember I just know that suddenly they're in the subway and the subway's about to hit Barry and Iris saves the day and I was totally cool with that and then did grad jump in front? Of the subway to try to get Barry? Because I thought Barry pushed him in front of the subway.
1: No, Grog jump or Grog jump.
2: Okay. That changes things a little bit in my head. Because I'm like, if Barry pushed him, wow, that's uh, a little dark.
1: No, well, he jumped, which is weird because he's supposed to be, he's supposed to be psychic. Like, I feel like he would know. I feel like he would have known. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I'm I'm nitpicking at this point, but. Well, unless
2: he, I mean, he was probably faking it to a certain degree. He knew he couldn't control Barry, so now he's faking it. That's a mm. good point. So yeah, maybe. weird unrelated question tangent. You know how Cisco made them that super cool or the little helmet thing?
1: Yep. Yeah. Um
2: <sighs> why didn't Grodd just rip it off his head?
1: Uh I don't I think he, he lacks the dexterity in the opposable thumbs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but um, unrelated, we should totally like I was thinking about this um the other day, like if Cisco could create a gadget for me, what gadget would I want him to create? And so I feel like this is a question we should answer next week. Like if Cisco could create a, any gadget for you, like the insanely <laughs> awesome sonic scream device that Canary now has, like if, if Cisco could create an, an, a super gadget for you, what would it be? Uh,
3: probably a muzzle. <laughs> <laughs> Something that, that can access John Berman's brain
2: for me. Oh, that's a good one.
3: Mm-hmm. And, I don't Andy know if I have one. I got
0: to think about that. That's
3: I can think about it for question, a while too. Though. I will come up with something next Friday.
0: Um, I, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, Andy. There mm-hmm. was, you know, when when Barry doesn't have that, you know, uh, device that Cisco made him on his head, he has these flashbacks to like ex- some sort of experimentation on him. Uh, what do you think that was?
3: I don't think it was experiments experiment on him. I think he was seeing what Grodd was seeing for a second. Because if you, you need awesome. to freeze frame when you look at his episode. But if you freeze him really quickly and, and very specific, you, you might see a pair of big, giant, black, hairy hands. And I, thought, I think it was Grodd. I think he was sort of getting you know, into what Star Labs was try- doing with him and maybe revealing something that we, that we don't know about mr dr Harrison Wells and what he did on uh on Grodd. I, I, I I swore I could have seen some you know a big pair of black cannons or whatnot but that's what I thought it was
0: okay um all right uh did anybody want to add anything else to the flash talk uh, um,
2: no i I was just gonna say I agree with Andy um something I wanted to point out um sorry <laughs> Give me a second. I'm going to sneeze.
3: Okay. (laughs) Bless you.
2: I guess I'm not going to sneeze. That's exceedingly frustrating. Um, You've all been there before when you're like, I got to sneeze, and you don't sneeze, and you're like, ah.
0: Such a tease.
2: (laughs) I wanted to bring up kind of a connection to that, those memories that we were seeing. I agree with Andy. I think it's Grodd's memories that we were seeing, and he was showing it. He was trying to share his fear.
3: What if it's, what? it's that French thing you you brought up? Like, what if he's seeing what the other Barry and outer universe is seeing? Oh,
2: geez, that's a lot. That's that's something that crossed my mind. But then I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's Grod sharing his memories, transferring his memories to Barry in an effort to create fear. And so when he was at that point, that's when Grodd was being experimented on and was ex- and was experiencing the most amount of fear that he's ever experienced in his life. The best way to incapacitate someone. Is Or one of the best ways is to scare them so much so that they cannot control their actions. And so Grodd was imparting his fear upon Barry in the hopes that that fear would incapacitate Barry. And it does. Um, And we see it a little bit later on. You know that point where, where Grodd had Joe? in his grip so much that Joe was, you know, about to, was pointing the gun at himself and Grodd was forcing him to consider the fact that he was gonna pull the trigger and commit suicide. And Joe was terrified. And this is a very strong man. We've seen what he can handle. And Joe was absolutely terrified. And I think a lot of that was the transference of the fear from Grodd to Joe. And so Joe was not only experiencing his own fear, he was also experiencing on an emotional level the same amount of fear that Grodd had when he was not in control of himself when the humans experimented on him and i think that's a big point about, you know if we're looking at you know a, a lesson from this episode or something you know really in depth from this episode i think that the fear that comes with not being in control of your own actions not being in control of your own fate plays to the entire overarching theme of the entire season especially with Wells, because Wells has been pulling strings for the entire season. Since before we met Barry, he has been manipulating things and Barry is not in control of his life. And that fear and not being able to control your own destiny, not being able to control what's happening to you. I think that that's, that can be a paralyzing fear that he's going to have to face. And so I thought that that was As far as writing goes, I thought that was astounding writing, incredible acting by um, the actor who plays Joe. I thought that, that that was one of my favorite moments in the entire season. It's just a small little bit, but it speaks to the entire theme of the season where no one at this point has been in control of their actions but now that they're figuring out what's going on with Wells, they may be able to start taking control of their own destiny and create their own future instead of having to play into the future that Wells is molding for them. Wow! And
3: Damn,
1: that's a that's a symbolism <laughs> bomb and, and,
3: and scene.
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought that scene that was uh, a lot darker than they've taken the show before. Props to mm-hmm. props to whoever plays Joe. I don't know is the actor's Jacelle name. Justiel Martin. Mar-
2: that, yeah. There we
1: go. That was a masterful portrayal of, of it was fear. Really I, good. I felt it. I felt it, man. It was it's terrifying. I mean, it really emphasized. <laughs> I think it, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, it emphasizes that Joe is just a dude surrounded by all this crazy shit. It's scary. Uh huh. <laughs> um, so d-
0: I think we can cut it off at the flash here only because I want to get to um, Legends of Tomorrow, which was announced yesterday. Uh, now we're kind of getting an idea as to how it's going to con- how it's going to connect to Arrow and Flash, um, how it's going to uh, run on its own. Uh, just in case you hadn't read the or heard about the official synopsis, uh, here it is: uh, When heroes alone are not enough, the world needs legends. Having seen the future, one he will having seen the future one he will desperately try to prevent from happening. Time traveling rogue. RIP Hunter is tasked with assembling a disparate group of both heroes and villains to confront an unstoppable threat. One in which not only is the planet at stake, but all of time itself. Can this ragtag team defeat, defeat an immortal threat unlike anything they have ever known? Uh, Andy, what do you think of what we finally know now? And um, what do you think we're, we're going to get with the show now?
3: I think it's um, it's it's very promising. I was very happy when I saw the announcement. The only thing that I felt was rolling my eyes I was like, really, you're going to add DCs in front of everything now? But um, I, I have...
2: Sorry, I'll come back to it. I have two theories on why that exists. We'll come back.
3: Oh, I actually spoke to uh, one of my friends, Michael Cohen, uh, who is the host of Quiver the Greener podcast. He and I talked about it and it, and I said, like, why do you think they added that? And he said, well, because... Letters of Tomorrow isn't a character. The Flash is a character, Arrow is a character, but Letters of Tomorrow isn't a specific character. So, um, I and I kind of see what he meant with that. So, um, And all I feel, they, they're they trying to, because Letters of Tomorrow is kind of generic in a way, because it could be, probably a lot of people are going to confuse it with League of Legends or stuff like that, that, that video game or whatever it is. So uh, I think the reason they added DCs in front of it was because to kind of point out that, yeah, yeah, boys and girls, this is a DC TV show. Uh, no, I think plot-wise, I'm I'm excited. I'm very happy for, and I'm sure um, Lauren could um, will know will, she will know what I mean by this. But I love that Arthur darbel is essentially leading this show, and I, you know, because last time he was in a time traveling sci-fi show, he was on Doctor Who, and as you know, he was great used there, but sometimes I feel he was put a lot in the shadows. So, and I feel now he's really going to get to be you know, really show more of what he can do as a performer, so I'm I'm stoked about this, um, this, um, so, and it don't, okay, guys, how many of you are you reading, um, the New 52?
0: I can't say I have. I just started reading Flashpoint, actually, so.
2: Yeah, I need okay. to catch up on it, Andy, I need to know where to go from here. Like, I've read Flashpoint, and so now, and I understand, as I understand comic book-wise, Flashpoint sets up the entire new universe, which is the New 52, correct?
3: I Yeah, I will, I'm. Um, I, I will give you a list after You need a uh, user's uh, guide.
2: Like, you need to make, like, a graphic. Like, now that you've read Flashpoint, do this. <laughs> this
3: <laughs> Come soon. To get that, it- and
2: then read this to get that. And if you want to know about this.
3: <laughs> Stay tuned on the Flashpocket.com website. We will have something up for you by the end of the season. Um, because I love- a lot of people have been asking for guides, so I, I can definitely put something together. Um, no, I think that this sounds very promising. I'm a lot more excited now, and I feel that it is going to be something different, something, you know, I, I love Arrow, I love The Flash, but it's going to be fun to see a team-up show, and uh, because we haven't really had that since, <sighs> honestly, we haven't had it since Birds of Prey back in 2003, and which was a complete disaster, so I'm kind of, I'm very looking, much looking forward to this, and, um, and, uh, um and I'm wondering h- if there might be some alternate universe connections here and there because it seems to be that this threat is not gonna be affecting just this timeline, but maybe others as well. So um yeah, once again, i I, I think I know I don't I think you tweeted this, Amy or you posted it on Facebook. Uh you, you reposted our interview with Andrew Christ, and you were just like, I'm just gonna leave this here, hashtag letters tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so she Amy she she called something i uh, regarding does that so uh i want to hear what she has to say about it
2: uh <laughs> i kind of want to just direct people to my twitter feed because i full-on <laughs> theory spiraled as soon as this came out i'm not kidding i started laughing hysterically not because of the title <laughs> but because of the fact that the show revolves around time travel and lauren and i this is like our dream come true i feel like DC TV got our sketchbook where we had been leaving all our ideas about superheroes and time travel and was like, we're going to make the show and they're going to think it's, it's our idea, but it's actually theirs. But Lauren and I are very excited. Lauren Galloway, who's been on here before in case anyone who's listening is like, who is this chick? They keep referencing Lauren Galloway at, at Lauren understore Galloway on Twitter. She's only been
1: on every single episode in season
2: two. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I'm really excited. I'm really excited to, to see the time travel aspect. I like that it, they're going to be kind of like agents of time. Um, in Star Trek Enterprise, there, is, there are members of the 29th century called temporal agents who basically monitor the timeline and prevent the timeline from changing. If, you know, at that point in the 29th century, people have discovered time travel. And so certain species will go back in time and try to modify the timeline to uh, benefit their particular race or something that happened to them. And so here's an ethical question that comes up with time travel and will very likely come up in this show. If you have the ability to time travel, or if there are people who are able to manipulate the timeline without personally affecting them, is that allowed? Should you be allowed to go back and change time if it benefits you, but won't benefits, uh, but may not benefit others? Are the consequences that come from changing something for the quote unquote better actually worse than the change or than not changing it in the first place? I mean, and that's so that, just a
1: that's just a, a regular ethical dilemma with time travel kind of uh, stamped on top of it. it it's really just yeah. like, are they a good person? Or are they a bad person? Are they going to benefit? benefit a few or benefit the many. Uh, and if they use time travel, I mean, then they're just a, they're just a time traveling dick, I guess. I don't,
2: <laughs> uh, I'm just super excited for this series. I guess it will be a lot of fun. Um, the comment about the DC bit at the front, um, kind of comes with two, po- three, a couple possibilities. Andy, I didn't think about yours, but that's a really good possibility that because it doesn't have a, you know, a comic book name. They need something to connect it to DC, which kind of leads to one of the common theories: is that basically, since DC TV is growing, they're just going to start adding DC onto all the things or onto all the new shows. Not necessarily,
3: every, not, e- not necessarily every show. I feel like, like Michael had said, that maybe because this is sh- a show that it, you know, maybe like for example, if you think about Titans, if it ever happens, they may call. Shows that are not specifically about one character might get DCs in front of it, but like, they're not gonna—I don't think they're gonna do like DC Supergirl, DCs Arrow, DCs Flash, DCs Gotham, and stuff like that.
2: See, what I'm curious is—and I don't think that it is—but I think it'd be interesting to see if all of the shows that end up having DC in front of it connect with the cinematic universe, just like Marvels does, because Marvels Daredevil, Marvels Agent Carter, Marvels Agents of Shield are all continuous with the movie universe um but i guess if this show exists in the Flarrowverse, then that would connect the Flarrowverse to the movies via the transitive property and then we have a problem but um uh the well, other they, another sorry go ahead and pete I, I was just gonna say that they
0: they've they asked jeff johns this like a long time ago and he he didn't deny it, but he didn't say, or he didn't, he didn't say that they're connected. But he didn't say that they could not. You know, he didn't debunk it. Basically, yeah.
3: Um, he basically, he, no, sorry. I was, I know, I think he's, what he said was I. Read the, I read that whole Buzzfeed interview recently, actually, and he said that they're seeing it as, and Amy's gonna get kick out of this, um, as a multiverse, and uh, that. I knew it. They, <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, literally, that's what he well, said. Well, that's what and, like, would be
2: fun is to have the multiverse, have this spinoff be the spinoff, the show that can connect the cinematic universe with the TV universe and literally let these time traveler people be the people who can cross the two different multiverses and bring them all together. And then you have the frickin Justice League.
3: I don't think th- they will do this early though, because I think Warner they yeah. still want to flitch out. Just cin- you know, but th- we we are still only one movie in. You know, with the cinematic, you know, we're not still. You know, we're not getting our first movie until next year. So I think that maybe, you know, I could see like by the time we get to the Flash, um, the Flash movie, which I'm, you know, I don't care about it right now. But like maybe something like you know Aquaman or the Flash. That's when they may start. You know, because then Life of tomorrow will have developed a few seasons. Arrow will most likely be over by then, you know, depending on how long Stephen Amell wants to have his contract on for, and Flash will be in, like, it's four or fifth season. That's when they probably, because it's better to have, you know, I like when, just let everyone establish themselves first, and then we can start talking about, like, bringing them into the same, you know, for temporary crosser and whatnot. And, and that way, you will have a better payoff t- towards, you know, crisis or maybe another Flashpoint or something mm-hmm. like that. So, I, I think that you're onto something, but I don't think it will happen as early as you've would want it to be or think it will be. I think it will be like maybe I think it
2: would take some time.
3: Yeah, maybe like t- 2017 at the latest.
2: Uh there's another more practical reason and that's that there's a TV show called Legends that is currently airing on TNT. And so I, I think, think that w- was probably a big thing.
3: I I know that because I I remember when people when JavaScript first hinted that it was going to be called Legends, I kept thinking but TNT has a show called Legends so I was like can they just call it the Legends? but there is these, um, they could have just called the show Legends of Tomorrow without having the DC part I think they just did it because they might either do like a comic book called Legends of Tomorrow this fall with after convergence or you know they just wanted to make sure that people know that this is a DC Comics TV show so that because like I said, Legends of Tomorrow, it's going to be confusing to a lot of people because they're going to think that, oh, it's the video game. But it's like, no, it's not Legal of Legends at all and whatnot. So um, <laughs> I, I, I don't feel like they needed to add the DCs in front of it.
0: Uh, Casey, I know you, you know, we talked about this a long time ago. As someone who um, was, you know, kind of just like, okay, let's hear more news. What do you think about everything you've heard so far?
1: I actually, I haven't heard that much. I haven't been uh, really paying attention to it, but... I'm I'm excited to see where it comes. I'm I'm not really I'm kind of shying away from from whether or not I think it's going to be good or whether or not I think it's going to be bad and bad until I see like a you know, like an, a full fledged trailer, some clips from the show, a little bit more of a synopsis. I, I don't know. I, ju- I just don't know enough right now. Okay. Uh, well, actually, speaking
0: of the trailer, the ha- there has a trailer that has been shot uh, for the spinoff, uh, which is expected to be shown at the upfronts. So uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing that very 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 soon. So next
3: Thursday uh at the in, in the afternoon you will uh you'll have something and then you may get something very cool in the season finale if you read um Hot Girl's uh, latest uh, tweets from last yes. night. So um yeah. Um Amy, are you still alive? Amy? <laughs> Amy. Are you are, are you are, are you okay?
2: No, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> um no, I I I agree. I think um I think we've we've kind of established for a while that my my suspicion for the Flash is that they're either going to bring in the multiverse in the uh, penultimate Flash episode or in the Flash episode. And that Barry will basically wake up in the alternate universe. Um, And not like, they're not going to like, Barry wakes up and then he's in an alternate universe cut to black. Like, I feel like they'd spend um, a good four or five minutes of him going around and realizing shit's been effed up and probably like run into hot girl and they're like who are you and he's like i'm the flash obviously and she's like no the flash is dead or something like that and then you'd be like what Cut. Oh
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was all a dream <laughs> <laughs> never happened
2: well, in um, a dream
0: well that is going to do it for all the tv talk and, and legends of tomorrow talk and as you can tell we're very excited about uh these shows i mean Especially with the news dropping of of Legends of Tomorrow uh, coming out soon, you know, giving a full series order. We're going to get the trailer very soon. We're going to get to see some of these characters in the Flash season finale. It's it's just building it up so much that, you know, I mean, uh, just just give it to us. Give it to us now Um, because it's going to be awesome. Just introducing the multiverses and everything.
2: Public service announcement to any publicity individuals listening. If you happen to be interested in pursuing any sort of media relation contact with Cena nerd, we would certainly be happy to <laughs> receive screeners or press releases or interview opportunities or red carpet releases or maybe an invitation to the upfronts. Just anything you might be interested in. We're totally there for
1: you. Holy shit. Have you, Amy, have you ever considered being the legal voice for the end of radio commercials? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, huh.
0: You do pretty well. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Um, All right. So uh, we're going to end things like we always do. And that is with uh, classic movie TV picks. Uh, Amy, what do you got this week?
2: Oh, gosh. Um, You can tell I'm always really prepared for this. Um, (laughs) You know what? I'm going to – I I was talking earlier about Carrie Mulligan's new movie, um, Far From the Manning Crowd. And – I'm gonna get super, super girly. Not okay. I'm not gonna say super girly because I know there are plenty of guys who love Jane Eyre. But if any listeners are fans of period romance, really good period romance that also has a darker side, check out the 1996 Jane Eyre from Masterpiece Theater. It's four parts and it is literally one of my all time favorite miniseries ever. And it's really hard to find. Um, I think I end up finding it sublegally. Ha- hashtag not actually, but kind of sort of really. Um, but if you get a chance to check it out, you absolutely have to watch it. It's just a really astounding miniseries. Um, so there's my classic TV movie pick as an actual classic.
0: All right. Thanks a lot. Nice. Um, very good. Very good. I don't know good.
2: necessarily know if it qualifies as geeky, but
0: it doesn't have to. In my to. opinion, it doesn't, it doesn't have to.
2: Yeah, geeky is something that you are passionate about and something that, for me, tells a story. And Jane Eyre is an absolutely astounding story.
0: Awesome, awesome. Uh, Andy, do you got anything for us? Nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I think that's the first time we've had someone abstain from the classic movie picks. <laughs> oh, Okay, go ahead, Casey. All right, well, my, my pick is... Uh, is the 2002, uh, film adaptation of the Oscar Wilde, uh, book, The Importance of Being Earnest, uh, We are going
2: really classic here. I like yeah, this. It's a Featuring,
1: theme. uh, Rupert Everett and Colin Firth. Uh, it's a, it's a quirky, old-fashioned, it's set in the romantic period, um, it's an old-fashioned, just kind of mix-up of words. It's a comedy of errors, uh two you two guys use the the same name Ernest and uh i i don't know funny funny things funny things happen it's got its usual colin firth style humor unfortunately there's no uh really (laughs) really long one shot fight scenes and and no one dies but uh it's still pretty (laughs) cool it's still pretty cool
0: uh awesome case awesome uh Uh, I'm going to round out the uh, TV talk with uh, a movie that just was um, not re-released, but uh, celebrated its 25th anniversary uh, with a Blu-ray release on Tuesday, and that was uh, Goodfellas, directed by Martin Scorsese. Uh, It's actually one of my – it's probably my favorite movie of all time. Um, uh, It's with Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci. Uh, It's about a guy who comes up through the ranks of uh, these Italian mobsters, and he ultimately rats out his friends to save himself and his family, and it's actually uh, it's it's that's that's barely cliff notes, but it's it's such a good movie. I'm, I'm sure you've at least heard of it, but check it out. It's I know IFC's been playing it a ton, uh, but yeah, I highly recommend that movie. So that is gonna do it for our show today. Uh, I want to thank uh, Andy for crashing the show, uh, much like he does all the time. We're just we're just used to it at this point, right, Andy? <laughs>
3: Yeah, um, I, I thank myself for crashing. <laughs> and uh, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you at? Uh, you can find um, our show, the Flash Podcast, that I do with uh, Scott Murray, and um, every you know every once in a while, uh, which is a lot uh, with the with the, the lovely Lauren Galloway and uh, Amy Marie, and um, we uh, you you know just fi- Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, bind all under the Flash Podcast, um, Stitcher, uh, and iTunes iTunes Radio, station radio on iTunes. Wow, I'm so tired. Um, I just wanted to, if I if I may, go ahead and plug something else that I actually announced just before I um I came on today. Um, the EZ TV podcast uh, and the circle that it that Supergirl Radio Flash Podcast, Quiver Podcast, and Letters of Gotham is part of. We are going to be hosting our uh, our first ra- cancer research f- fundraiser uh, uh, next Saturday, May sixteenth. Um, to raise money for Vinship uh, Institute, um, Cancer Institute. Um, we're, so if you head over to dctvpodcast.com, you can find all the information and uh, read the press release and all that. And uh, hopefully you will be tuning in uh, live li- next uh, Saturday because it's going to be it's gonna be a just league of podcasting for sure.
0: Awesome. That's going to be really cool. Yeah, well, we'll be sure to tweet that out on our on our uh, Twitter page. Uh, we'll, we'll send it on our Facebook. But yeah, that's that's going to be really cool. Awesome to hear about An- uh, that, Andy. Um, OK, uh, Miss Amy, uh, tell everyone where they can find you at.
2: You can find me at Twitter, at Amy underscore Marie 97. Uh, spoiler alert, that's not my last name, underscore Marie 97. Uh, If anyone listened to last week's and is like, so what is her last name? You will never find out. Actually, you probably will (laughs) just find my LinkedIn account. I'm pretty sure that my profile, like my, you know, in your like bio, your Twitter bio, I think my link is my LinkedIn account. Anyway, now I've just given people permission to stalk me. Whatever. Um, (laughs) You can find me on there. You can find me on the Assembly of Geeks podcast. You can at www.assemblyofgeeks.com. You can also find me guesting on the Flash podcast, as well as participating in the uh, DCTV Kicks Cancer's Ass cast uh, that's coming up. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Also on Instagram at amy__marie97. I apologize if you follow me on Twitter and you only follow, like, a small number of people because when i get really excited like say when super cool legends of tomorrow news comes out and i just don't stop tweeting for like 30 minutes straight i had one of my friends send me a picture the other day of his twitter timeline and it's literally for three hours it's like me and two other tweets and he only follows like 50 or 60 people and he's like i think i need to start following some more people because it's literally just me blanketing his entire twitter feed so i apologize (laughs) um I tweet a lot, so <laughs> I'd like to think that I babble coherently, but I do tweet a lot, so warning.
0: <laughs> nice. Awesome. All right, well, thank you, Amy. Uh, Casey, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you?
1: Hey, you can find me on Twitter, uh, at via blast. I don't post that much, so... Uh, <laughs> If you follow a lot of people and you want a lot of content, then I apologize. I don't have that much to say. Uh, uh, you can follow uh, me on Instagram at faceycranko if you want to see some of the pictures I take. And I got a new social media uh, for the listeners. Uh, long-time listeners might remember an episode where I said I was going to get a Snapchat called 50 Shades of Franco. Um, I tried, and 50 Shades of Franco was, like, unable to be secured. So, uh, uh, my new Snapchat is L Shades of Franco, L being the Roman numeral for 50. So if you want to follow me on Snapchat, you can follow me at uh, L Shades of Franco. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> very
0: That was very well done, Casey. Nice job. Um, Alright, you can find me at pacing Pete on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at scene and Nerd, Facebook, uh, email us if you want to talk to us. Give us some comments. Scene and nerd at gmail.com uh, and as always, uh, you can look us up on iTunes. Uh, comment. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. We're always open to feedback. Um, that's going to do it for our show. Uh, we got a lot of Cool things going on. Like I said, we're going to be doing a separate podcast for uh, Age of Ultron because there's so much to talk about. Uh, it would have just it would have been like a huge like five hour podcast if we would put it in this episode. So uh, that'll be coming out soon. Uh, and also um, planning to do some roundtables for some of the season finales because. I don't think you can just stick to it for just 20 minutes. These are going to be some awesome season finales and, and we're going to want to spend some time on them. So uh, look, be on the lookout look for that. Uh, Till next time, you have a DVR, use it.
3: Bye, 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 bye. bye. Get the hell out of I was so enthusiastic, I loved it. There's two up top, man.
1: Okay. <laughs> I couldn't tell if that was like a, a laugh or a whimper.
0: She likes to play with. She likes to blur the lines of that. <laughs> 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 oh.